1: Ts and C's apply in South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.
2: Shop in store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day.
3: As and Izzy might be at the beach,
4: but the
2: show must go on. It's the summer breakfast on S E N Z. Maybe
3: searching you.
0: SNZ, three minutes past six o'clock on the 27th of January 2022. Welcome into to your Thursday morning. Welcome into to SNZ, Louis Herman Watt, joined by Tony Kemp this morning throughout the morning until nine o'clock when the Doyen Ian Smith takes over and carries the bat into Staffy at midday. A pleasure to have you here in a very busy month of sport, January. Lots going on. Lots of racing, tennis, cricket today with the Super Smash Elimination Finals down there. University of Otago, Oval and plenty more. Who's been loving the Australian Open? I absolutely love this event. and Well, last night Medvedev and the Young Canadian, Ogier, oh, they were fantastic. Felix is one of those great names that you'll remember for a long time. So we'll talk about that. We'll hear some highlights from throughout the morning maybe If we can track some down and much, much more on the tennis. Michael Venus came out swinging yesterday. You would have heard him absolutely tee off if you were watching One News last night. We'll play the audio of that. And yes, it's against Kyrgios. Maybe we set the tone yesterday when we said, are they just Wounders, Kokonakis and Kyrgios? Is that exactly what they are? Who are we going to talk to today? Robbie Patterson, Coventina Bay, I think she's ready to win a group one this year. I think this prep has been very, very carefully plotted out and she's peaking this weekend for the Thorndon Mile down at Trenton, which she loves. Looking forward to catching up with Robbie Patterson out of the mighty Taranaki. Tommy Payet is Nico Porteus' coach. And after Nico Porteous, well, he just did what he told us he'd do. He stomped an unbelievably technical run at the X Games, defended his gold medal where is Nico at ahead of the Olympic Games? From the man that knows him better professionally than anyone else, we'll talk to Tommy Payet. We'll talk some tennis and some rugby league before the morning's out. But um, look, you can't you can't talk too much else when Tony Kemp's around because <laughs> he just oozes mana and he oozes rugby league.
1: Morning, mate. Hi, Monahoe, Louis. Good to be here again on a on a Thursday morning. Looking forward to catching up, and, and especially looking forward to talking to Tommy Pyatt about uh, Nico's run and picking up another um, another gold medal. Geez, that was a, that was a scoop talking him before he before he did that, wasn't it? We kind
0: of just he kind of just proved the point before he done it, didn't he? He, he kind of just he left you with the impression that nothing is going to faze him.
1: No, and i obviously when we went um, from last week and followed it and watched it and seen what he did and picked up that gold medal I thought you know I've spoken since uh, to a couple of people about his just his application and his phone call to us in and around his mental aptitude Um, we all agreed that he doesn't really need a mental um, skills coach (laughs) the mental skills coach probably needs him because he can rise to the occasion and continue to pick up all those wonderful medals that um, that he's doing in his sport very very good his um his his
0: ability to kind of have isn't you know lots of athletes and people seek clarity. Like something you hear, seek clarity when you're out there. When you were speaking to him, the clarity was just it was coming down the phone line. It was just you couldn't be more clear on what he was trying to do and why he was doing it, you know?
1: Yeah, for you for a young bloke talking to us on the radio, he was oozing maturity, I thought. Um, just with this conversation, describing things, you know, even saying, you know, we thought it was a secret the move that he was putting on um, in his run that night, and he said, "Well, no, I've posted it on Instagram. You can actually have a look at it." You know, it's pretty extremely hard. Yeah, you know, just this how he how he handled the questions was really good. So, um, Tommy Pyatt, I think has only got Nico as his only athlete. Um, I just want to talk really talk to him and say, you know, where's this kid coming from mentally? How hard is it? to actually get him up or is he just naturally like that you know is he naturally gifted in that mental skills space because he's you know he's competing against some very very good skiers and just continually turning over the right the right results he's changing the
0: game as he does it as well Um, I don't know much too much about the actual technical side of skiing and Uh, slope style and and obviously the super pipe but I can tell you that the people that do are blown away by the clean ability and the technical ability that he's his run he didn't necessarily send it as high as the other guys and didn't go huge but what he did the tricks he laid in a row the combinations he put together never been done before in a competition and the other the other um, New Zealander that did that was Zoe Sadowski-Sinnett, the most technical woman snowboard run of all time, again. So these Kiwis, whatever's working, is working.
1: And there's a message in that, isn't it? You know, like, uh, they call that, in rugby league, they call that game management. Like, just stick to the plan. You're, you're eventually going to get there. There's a reason why Cooper Cronk, Jonathan Thurston, and, and Cameron Smith were so good, because they just were such good game managers. You know, mentally they knew... What to what to do, how to deliver, and how to get the result. And you know, when you when you just spoke about how they technically got there with you know not the most I guess extravagant run, but technically got all the points to make sure that they got over the line at the end of the day. So
0: yeah, well yeah, I mean it's still it's still they still go so high. It's just they go so the other people are going just as high. It's pretty freaky sport to watch. We're in a pretty good place ahead of the Winter Olympics. I kind of said it. I kind of called it a couple of weeks ago. I said this Winter Olympics is going to be one of something that captures the imagination of New Zealand. We're not going to realise until we're in it, and um, it's going to be fanfare because for whatever reason we we absolutely froth the Olympics in this country. We just we cannot get enough of the Summer Games. I think we've had enough exposure to these athletes now for a full Olympic cycle since they meddled the first time that now we're familiar enough and this is about to go bang. That's my prediction anyway. We are going to absolutely love it, Kempe, Um What have you been up to, mate? How have you been tracking?
1: Oh, i I had my graduation last Saturday. Um, for, I did a full year of te immersion, so um, unfortunately I didn't get to see the uh, Karaka Millions, Um and the on the bubbles result that didn't go anyone's way. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, did that sad day, been working, doing bits and pieces during the week, and, um, you know, took you along to catch up with Bruce Sherrick on, when was that, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Tuesday, um, yeah. Just to talk racing and, and get an insight and get to know each other. And um, yeah, and, and before you know it, you're at the back end of the week, and we're here sitting here today.
0: Yeah, we are, mate. What's um? So, did you did you grow up speaking today?
1: I actually I, I actually grew up in a Tureel fluent um, whānau up in the far north, and then we moved down to Taranaki, and as uh, a foreign language down there, they're speaking like this, and and we lost as children, we lost our our tereo, so it's taken a while to get back there. Um, I've always sort of understood bits and pieces of it throughout my life, but just really thought that I needed to get back in there and and get it back, and yeah, so so bit the bullet and went back to. Went back to school, did a did a year of full immersion and got my got my base back, which is good, so I can build on.
0: Was it a like? Was the I don't know. Was it harder
1: or easier than you expected? Or did oh, it's the I guarantee. Oh, I've said this to a lot. Of people, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Honestly, you know, like I can stand up in front of hundred people and talk um, Pākehā, but I stand up in front of eight Māori people, and I can't talk. You know, it's just really, really difficult because it's a, it's a, it's a passion that over, overtakes you and, and learning a language, uh, especially your, your, your own language, is really moving. So, you know, it was probably the hardest thing I'd done um, last year but, you know, I'm, I loved it. I, I learned a lot, uh, not just about the language but also about Te Māori and, and really look forward to, to, to staying in that journey
0: yeah that's cool and you do see that the the, the today's speaking numbers are back on the rise right?
1: oh they are they are and and so they should be you know I, I, even getting to back into to mainstream um schools is is really history about uh New Zealand too is really important. I think you know we learned a lot about uh, uh, Europe, cook of course <laughs> European history, but I yeah. think it's just important to learn about the Maori history in this country especially in Tāmaki Makaurau in Auckland you know like it's really fantastic history um, with Ngāti Whātua and all that sort of stuff but yeah uh, it is in mainstream you know like in in media for instance um, you hear some some guys really uh, pronouncing names right and, and conscious of saying that I've even picked it up by sitting here with you going yeah man that's really cool Louie you know you're really really diverse, diversifying your your, your um, your language um, when you're talking to the radio um, people say so I just think it's just the way of the future it's our kids are all going to be doing it
0: Definitely. it's going to we'll probably look back and say there was a lost generation or two like we tend to do we kind of
1: well and their and generation's my mum who got it beaten out of her at school and and of course our us who were speaking it and and didn't get it at school so you know I'm not one to to um, hold a grudge on that Stuff I just think you know now's a ch- now, now's a chance for. See, my daughter's doing it this year. Yeah, next you know, so she goes and start does the same course. Uh, in two weeks' time, it starts. My son's I think he's uh, applying for next year's intake because it's it's oversubscribed, you know, and and it's just not Marty, you know. There's there's Paka, there's Chinese, there's all sorts of people in there that want to learn the native uh, native tongue, and, and good on them for getting in there.
0: Yeah, there really does feel like there's a bit of a, re- a renaissance for, for, for. Well, not that. I mean, it kind of, you know, rightly or wrongly, a lot of it comes through, um, well, I think you can't. Pref- you know, I think companies and corporates are pretty hyper aware of that stuff now and trying not to, because they might have pillaged and kind of, you know, made the most of a platform that wasn't necessarily an even playing field for so long, trying to give back corporate responsibility and that sort of thing. So I know lots of businesses that are running those incentives and buy or take out however many slots and try to put it however many employees through a year. So even, so there's people doing it off their own back for themselves, but then there's Um, businesses that are doing it for their staff and trying to give back you know probably being a bit aware of where they have come from and how the business got a leg up and now thinking actually well let's try and give back and we'll not give back but try and teach and and make ourselves a bit more um, responsible on that kind of front with the, the language which is awesome especially in New Zealand where we are a small community we've still got time to do it it's not like it's lost the battle's not lost which is really cool and it's good to see that people are becoming more kind of comfortable.
1: Yeah, well Jenny May Coffin is the, I guess, to Wananga Takiura, which is the the, um, the kura that Jenny May went to, which is the one that I've just completed. Um, I'd say the majority of them are, are people that have been put through that course by their employees, mm. uh, employers, so that they can come back into the business and, and teach the business what Te Ao Māori actually looks like. What the what the language actually looks like. So, yeah, you know, I really take my hat off to those businesses. And you know, in the in the class, you've got lawyers, police, you know, doctors, um, sports people. You've got students. You've got grandmothers. Um, kids are running around. Yeah, it's it's New a really, it's a great, area. it's a great um, environment to learn in. And yeah, it's you know, like I said, I think it's a, a step in the right direction. But I think our country's taking that step. You know, um, in that direction, and everyone wants to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, and then in sport, I mean, uh, as well, um, today on Maldive side, at Samoan, you see Adi Savia doing his captain's speeches. He, you know, speaking Samoan first and foremost when he gets up there. Oh, Tj Perenara has been doing it for a long time. These guys are really aware of their um their back backstri- their background now. Their, I guess, their story, their where they're from, and who they are. And it's good, and it is a new thing. Well, it's not, you know, a new thing for the bulk of people to be doing. Certainly, I remember like the, the rugby players and the rugby league players that I grew up idolizing. Can't, I can't remember them doing that. Um, that's good. It's good. It's good. That we feel- well,
1: you know, and just you know, talking about sport in in rugby league, 80, 80 to ninety percent um, outside of Auckland in, in the rural areas, um, our game is is predominantly Maori. And in Auckland, our game is predominantly Pacifica. You know what I mean. So, it only makes sense that you you understand both worlds. And unfortunately, sport in general has taken their time to catch up. But you know, sport New Zealand has a remit where they actually want to want to um, recognise the the Pacifica and the Maori content within sport, and and are moving in that direction. So, that's another exciting space as well, Louis.
0: Yeah, I feel like your. I feel like your impact here isn't done, Kempy. It's only just getting started, mate. You'd, this could be the the decade of the Kemp. The, uh, <laughs> Are you listening, Izzy? D <laughs> D of the K. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, look, it's uh, that, that's awesome, man. That's a great thing to do, my partner Shannon. Just done it. She's. Uh, I see her up there reading the weather on NewsHub, and she's absolutely nailing her Maori pronunciation. She's been a big driving force of me, and, and it's not something I have done, but it's definitely something I'm, I'm well open to. And do it, mate. And even just, it, even just that the small bits of today I use in, in everyday life, and I, it's not enough. First person to say that, but even just saying kia
1: ora and just trying to. be- Well, it is. It, it is enough because you're actually actively um, recognising the language and to, and and talking it and yeah. getting getting your. I guess your thought process around why you're saying it, you
0: know? but, what, but always more, and and that's something I do want to do. But you know, she's been she's been great, and seeing her up there, um, just nailing her pronunciation when she gets awesome. up and rest with it, it's very inspiring. And then people like yourself. so it is. It's cool. It's cool to have it back, and it's cool. Well, not back. it sounds so. It sounds so. Oh, shitty to be honest. It's just great. Great to have it. Um, yeah, and you're right. And, it's, ne-
1: it's never been gone. Yeah, you know, it's gone. It's never. It's never been you know, um, in a better position than it is has been today. You know, if you look at the iwi around the, the mutu, um, from Napui to to Ngāti Whātua to Tainui down to Waiponamu, um, there's, you know, I, I, I think the, there's a, a billion-dollar industry in the in the Māori world, in Te Māori. And that's one of the, you know, again, again, the economies that are protecting our country, you know, because everything... That you know, I'll, I, and there's a saying out there that what's good for Māori is good for everybody. Yeah, and and if we really sat down with that that sentence, um, I reckon our country will be a hell of a lot better off. Yep, yeah. and we're um we're approaching approaching
0: Waitangi Day, of course, sixth of February, which we spoke about yesterday. Mitch McLennigan was married on Waitangi Day. It's the day before my birthday. It's a I think it's a. a, a a holiday that we probably—it's still a lot. It's quite a holiday. It's a day that's probably misunderstood by a lot of people, including myself. But it's a day that we can—you can take time out of your day to try and, even if you just do a simple Google and just try to learn a little bit more, just a little bit of self-education and just read well, read something.
1: Yeah, well, one of these—you know—this this, this high-performance sport New Zealand um, conversation that I'm having at the moment—it's about DNA. Uh, you know, YO, who am I? And I think one of the one one of the Misconceptions of a high performance athlete is when they get there that they've, they they um, still remember how they got there, and I think one of the biggest questions that any athlete needs to do, especially at a high high performing athlete, has to know who they are, and that who they are has to take in the content of where they come from and, and the and the fucker and the history that goes through that. So, you know, you're dead right. You know, New Zealand is such a unique country. You know, we sing. Two two terms of the national anthem, we recognise both Pākehā and Maori. Mm. Um, you know, everyone's proud to sing, proud to sing it and and supportive of it. And I think just in that itself, when we when we're watching sport, there's a lot to be said about who we are. Absolutely, Kimpi.
0: Hey, um, great conversation. I so say, coming up as Waitangi Day, well, Australia Day was yesterday. I think we were all pretty hyper aware of the controversies around that, and that does upset a lot of people, but. Uh, it's a big day for sport in the country. Yesterday, uh, the Australian Open was in full swing. Felix auger aliassime versus Daniel Medvedev, a five-set thriller at Melbourne Park. We're going to take in some highlights with Brett Phillips and their crew after this because it was a stonking five-setter for the semi-final maker, Daniel Medvedev, to come out on top. We'll take in that after this. It is Bazinazee. No, it's not. It's the SENZ Summer Breakfast. <laughs> Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.
5: Good deep return there. And then great angle by Felix. Oh, look at the retreat by Medvedev on the backhand. And then a low down forehand volley from Felix. Can I see that again, please? <laughs> that was unbelievable. Wow. No time here. The Russian into the second serve pretty quickly. And he's <laughs> thrown in the double. Felix Orger the young Canadian, has broken the world number two. Forehands, cross court. Bit more depth, bit more angle. On there, and then wow. Felix opens up the shoulders. With a beautiful off forehand for a winner. Steps up to the line, Felix. To the runaround forehand of FAA. A bit more loop. Too much. Over the baseline from Medvedev. Felix, Orje Eliasim. First set under his belt. Retrieved on the forehand by Felix. Medvedev crunches the forehand and has gone wide. Felix, Orje Eliasim has broken. Long, long way back. Felix with a big off forehand. Look at the shape on it. Ripping it through the court beautifully. Three set points for Felix. Goes out wide to the back end of Medvedev. It lands in. Backhand response there from Felix. The back ends go to work. Medvedev. Long. He tried to change direction. 7 6 6 3 for the ninth seed. Quickly to his service game. Felix going across court. Forehand volley by Medvedev. Up the line by Felix. Great forehand volley by Medvedev. Look at the touch here. Puts up the lob. Gonna go between the of Felix. Oh, he couldn't clear the tape. 20 going on there. To the backhand, it's a good one too by Felix, just over the net by Medvedev, the forehand cross-court by Felix, and then it was a beautiful cross-court forehand winner by Medvedev. He found a way past. Down the middle he goes, forehand wide off the racket of Medvedev. Tie breaker bound. First serve wide, into the net by Felix, and now Medvedev with a fair bit of emotion. There's the comeback. Down the middle he goes, forehand response. Half court ball here from Felix, into the open court by Medvedev. He put up the lob, did Felix, and Medvedev is there for the put away. And a cry out of emotion. Going to the backhand of Medvedev. Forehand went cross court by Felix. Up the line by Medvedev. Cross court backhand by Felix. Up the line by Medvedev. Cross court forehand by Orgelia Seem. Then Medvedev went back to the forehand of Felix who sprayed it wide. And some genuine emotion from Medvedev with a big break. Medvedev up the tee, forehand deep to the backhand here of Medvedev. Steps in, Felix up the line, Medvedev can he pass? He's there with a the forehand volley as Felix puts up the lob. Does Medvedev there for the put away? Elias seems says, get back in my corner. Set point number four, down the tee he goes. And we're going to five. The world number two has stormed back. Second serve. Just long. There you go. Is that the moment that it unravels for Felix or Jay Elias? Soon? He's thrown in his fourth double fold. Second serve out wide. Not a bad response up the line here from Felix, Is into the neck, and he passes. He does. And the opening there, Felix, for a winner. Medvedev up the line by Felix was a beauty, and it got Medvedev on the stretch, and he sent it long, and he has... Forced it to juice. That cross-court went FAA looping forehand there from Medvedev, long by Felix, and now advantage Medvedev. Backhand, back behind, and Felix has gone long. Ice running through his veins to Neil Medvedev. He cannot be denied. Down and out, two sets to love down, and he's found a way. The number two seed. A man of steel.
0: Yeah, man of steel indeed. Uh, Felix gave it to him, but Daniel Medvedev went on to kick on, kick clear, and he's into the semifinal. And we're going to play you some audio later in the show of <laughs> Medvedev's post-match. He is forever the troll. The Aussies, well, they love a troll, don't they? they love a villain they love getting stuck into a villain so we'll play some of that later on but coming up next it's the news with Trudy for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand then loveracing.nz kimpy has got some breaking news for us so we'll get to that up after this <laughs> Yes, it's 27 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Good message from Brett there on double eight, double three, Kempi, you got that?
1: Yeah, good one. He says boys are on and hissing Eternayata this morning. Congrats on your real journey, Kempi Namahi Louie. Thanks for getting us out of the blocks hard at Matamata with Madame Muei, Neck Minute. Abandoned. <laughs> Nick Minute abandoned
0: Brett. Um yeah, the meta-meta track wasn't up to scratch yesterday. Look, I don't have the exact details on whether it was there was a bit of drizzle and it was too firm, or I, I'm not exactly too sure what was in particular wrong with it. But I know the jockeys didn't feel safe. And what we do know is, after the the Trentham debacle, the jockeys' voices and the stakeholders' voices are being heard more. It's one of the things Kempy's mate Bruce Sherick is making sure of that people are being listened to. So, look, we were one for one on the card. And I had a couple of people send me through some multis that were finishing on the second race, and they had both the Te runners there, and they were due for a payday. So a little bit frustrating, um, especially if you're like me and then just got silly and gave it back at Caulfield and uh, Warwick Farm for the rest of the day. I've actually got a winner for you today, and I'll dish this out before we talk about the weekend. If I direct you to Hastings, 3.32pm, race 4, I've been waiting for this colt to pop up and and in a race that I think he can win. And I actually thought it was last time when he started. I'm talking about titled. In the Gary Harding colours... I think it's Gary Harding. Pretty sure it's Gary Harding. Uh John O'Benner and Holly Winyard. Look, th- these guys have really scaled down. I think they must be they must be selling a lot. They've only got their fast ones in their barn now. Probably doing a bit more of selective training. But titled's an Exceed and Excel cult. He's extremely well bred. He can gallop. He actually went to Australia uh at the end of his two-year-old season and ran a third and a fifth. He's second up here. I think he should be too good from this field. Michael McNabb jumps on. Barrier 2 is a good stable. It's $2.80. I think that $2.80 is not going to last. I expect title to be going very well. When I looked through the fields, it was the one that stood out to me as a horse that seems to be a bit classier than the rest of its competitors. Look, Kala Nui runs... Uh, Nice nice races. There's a couple of other nice ones. Mike Breslin's got one in there that'll go well. Monkey Business, Lisa Ladder. It's not a terrible field, but look, if titled is as talented as I actually think it is, and it just has a few things that I like. Prominent owner, it's still a cult for a reason. It's well-bred, good barn, good draw, good jockey. I think 280 is fair enough at tab.co.nz. Race 4, number 5 titled, and this weekend, Kempe, if we can build a bit of a bank, we've got the Thorndon Mile down at Trentham, which is, um, you know, they, they call it the graveyard, but you beat Trentham into submission last time you were there, mate.
1: Yeah, we had a very good day down there, actually. Um, Alan Sharrock was on fire, went down there and caught up with Alan, uh, me and Bruce um, sitting there having a having the old punt, and in the end, I just started following Alan when his, you know didn't get Tavitak across the line in the first, he was pretty disappointed because it should have been a winner um but then he went on and Seamus showed us how good he was and of course was wasaki um who he's had to pull out of the the big one this weekend because of a tendon issue um was heading towards the Wellington Cup as a, again a favorite that we would have been would have been quite happy with the futures on that one so uh yeah, good week good week of, of running I think the the thornton especially is a really good race this weekend I'm, I know that. You've, you've got a, a pretty good favorite in that one um
0: yeah I love I love Coventina Bay and I'll, we'll find out from Robbie Patterson uh Coventina Bay's trainer how ready she is but I think I think this is the race she would have been pointed at and um gee she's come back strong this prep that Waisaki
1: tendon injury brutal game isn't it isn't it a brutal game racing yeah look speaking of Alan and just saying you know that's that's racing that's you know he's Pretty black and white, Alan, um, but very disappointed that he had his horse ready to to give it a, a decent tilt again. Uh, last year's winner, so um, you know we saw how good Waisaki was. I mean, that ten dollar win down in Trentham last last start, and looking looking like a, a a horse that had to be beaten this weekend. But yeah, it is a brutal sport, Louis, You're dead right, and and hopefully we we haven't seen the the last of Waisaki. Hopefully it's an, an injury that he can come back from.
0: Tell you what's interesting about this Thorndon mile race. It's an open... So a lot of these group ones are weight for age. but The, the Thorndon is open set weights and penalties. And look, I'll try to explain this as best as I can with my limited knowledge base. And also it can be a touch confusing. The, the set weights and penalties is essentially done off how much you have been winning. In, in simple terms, how much you have been winning. So Marley Stone is... Um, Trained by Darren Weatherly, ridden by Sammy Weatherly. It won the Rich Hill Mile, and it's won four in a row. So because it's won four in a row, even though it's only rated 90, it's only won five, it's only had seven starts, and it's won five of them. It's got the top weight, which is 57, which makes it incredibly poorly weighted in this race because you go down, and because Concert Hall is a mere, she gets a bit of a weight relief. She's still got 56 to elicit the same thing again rated about 14 and 16 points higher than Marley Stone the chosen one who has run mm. fourth and fifth in Melbourne Cups <laughs> and won races and ran a nose and I think the fee and when it resumed back in Melbourne is carrying 55 kilograms because it's had 36 starts it hasn't won a race in about two years. But that's because it's been racing against the, well, the Australia's best horses.
1: And, that, and that's the one Coventina Bay, for me, has to be um, a little bit wary of. The the, cho- the Chosen One is a very good horse. Well, especially, be because Coventina Bay is
0: carrying the exact same weight as the Chosen One, 55, which... Uh Look, 55 isn't a sickening amount of weight for Coventina Bay. It's fine, really, considering it's less than two illicit, less than Consul Hall, which is good. But the fact that the chosen one is carrying the same. He's a big, sturdy entire. so he's still got his pieces together and he's just a he's a weapon, really. Shorter than his best distance, but when he comes back to New Zealand, he very rarely runs outside the money. You're getting two dollars forty a place for the chosen great, one right now. Great, great place money. And great then, bet.
1: And I think that's the the Cornell. I think Coventina Bay and Wellington last start carrying sixty kilos was just beaten by the weight. Um, but coming back down five kilos in its current form is the horse to beat. I think. I think. Um, the one that I'm a little bit wary of is the chosen one out of that field. Priest the Fur has been, you know, if there's a group one race, that's always going to be in it. And there are a couple of uh, good ho- other good horses in it to elicit. You know, it's been been in good form. 100%. Um, but But the chosen one coming back after... The thing with the Chosen One is everyone knows it's a good horse because of what you said. It's been racing against the best in Australia.
0: It is. It's shorter than its best, and it's starting its prep, but from Barrier 3, look, we'll talk to Robbie Patterson. He's the expert in the stuff. We'll pretty much just ask him, say, can you do the form for us, Robbie? See what he comes back with. It's 19 and a minute away I hear he likes fishing,
1: Robbie. Yes.
0: I have heard that, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: You've got a a question about fishing for him too, haven't you? Well, yeah. Marlon. 18 minutes away from 7 We'll be back after this with Quizzy Dag 0800 150 The Ken Arts phone line for Quizzy Kempy Dag, he's here He's got the questions, there's been no typos He's given Kieran the eyeballs And uh, we're all on after this Give us a call
2: It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin Regrow your hair, search Ashley and Martin today
4: you know what time it is, it's Quizzy Dag
2: A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a pass Louie, Trudy, cares and Joe not wants to brag But good luck to our quizzes cause there's Satan in the bag 0800-150-811
0: now Give it a go Yes, it's time for Quizzy Dag Not happy with your hair loss Make today your turning point And search Ashley and Martin online today Kimpy has proofread the quiz And he's ready to rock and roll We're starting with Jason from Papa Quarter.
1: Good morning Jason okay. It's not too hard today mate Okay, this one So you could do And, I was, and if you follow Louie who's on fire at the moment Put it on title You could turn it into 150 bucks today So let's go to you already put that bet on Question all. Good oh boy, hi. good boy Question one who did Michael Venus call a absolute knob yesterday? Oh, carry on. oh, I was just gonna say it's not Joe. Um, the Total Ultra Marathon was called off yesterday for the first summer in how many years? Unlucky for some. Uh, 13. Ooh. That
0: was very good. very good. I had to double check that you were so fast. <laughs> Kieran, did you
1: share the doc with
0: Jason? <laughs>
1: Tom Coventry is the Ford's coach for which Super Rugby franchise? Blue
0: Oh watch out I'm fire <laughs> Watch I'm out fire. We've got a, a wall to wall Coast to coast on our hands here
1: Black Fern's lock Jackie Partia uh, Ferretti Will play for which team In the Super Rugby Picky competition this year? Uh, let's
3: go chase.
1: Oh. oh Going so well mate Going so well We're going to Richie here In Upper Hutt Richie. Morning, Kempe. Morning, mate. Black Ferns lot. Uh, Jackie Patea, Ferreri will play for which team in the Super Rugby Opiki competition? Oh, she's
3: a Wellington girl, so it better be the Hurricanes.
1: Good man. I was going to say bang, that. Bang, bang. And here's the money question. Which two times NBA MVP Stephen Curry, uh, what is, sorry, not which, what is two times NBA MVP Stephen Curry's real first name? Not easy. <laughs> But he's a good oh. cricketer.
3: He's a good cricketer.
1: And a good league player. Come on, Steve
0: Curry. He's a
3: good league player. Come on. I will go
0: Israel. <laughs> 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 I like where your head's at, Richie.
1: Uh, okay, we're going to Jade. Jade. How you going, Jade. Hey, hey mate, very good. What, what is two times NBA MVP Steve Curry's a real first name? This
5: one?
0: Stephen. No, 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 okay. Let me let me clarify here. This is this is not Kempy's fault. It's not it's not the lads out the back. It's not, it's not Stephen Kempy. It's Stephen Curry. So we'll say Steph Curry, but his real name is not Steph. He's actually got another first name. Joe,
1: Joe's Joe the Rat. is pissing himself out there. Yeah, he's got another he name one, other than Stephen. And one job, you know, he's setting people up. He's been setting them up all week, Joey. What's going on? Look, it's
5: no one's fault,
1: man. It's no one's
5: fault. <laughs> Might be Kieran's. Oh, uh,
1: sorry. Okay, we're gonna.
0: Well, now, Curry. Yeah, <laughs> with enough time to go off the storm.
1: Thank you, Joey. Well done, mate.
0: Oh, the hex. Hey, Jay, Well done, mate. You just you navigated the eternal politics here, as Joe said. He wasn't going to throw someone on the bus thing. Just could not help himself, and um, you, you've done well. What are you going to spend it on, mate? Fifty dollars TAB bonus bill. What do you want? Of some sort I'm not too sure But we'll, we'll have The mate Yeah go have a look At the fields Tb.co.nz. Thanks Jade Good to have you On the show mate As always um, Kimpy, Well done Navigated that <laughs> Gee I don't, still don't Really know how It was Jason right Ultra Marathon Was called off yesterday For the first summer In how many years Without flinching 13
1: How would you know that Might have something To do with unlucky For some
0: Oh, oh you didn't play housing with your mum Did you so
1: you never got dragged along to the to the, to housing with your mum? No,
0: nah, that just went straight over my head. Yeah. Unlucky for some. He got it straight away.
1: See that's a that's a thinking
0: man's clue mm. rather than saying... <laughs> it's not thirteen, it rhymes with thirteen. <laughs> 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 All right. After this, this is the this is it. Can well, be,
1: Joey, Joey can't get the smile off his face, mate. He got, he's me, he happy got to me. be
0: here. He got me. He's happy to be here. So yesterday, instead of Trudy's world, we experimented with Joey's world. And it was just so good. Oh, but imagine. today, it's like American Idol here. It's Karen's world. <laughs> Kiz's world up after this. <laughs> What's he got?
2: It's time for Kiz's World! <laughs> Just like. oh that microphone, <laughs> it doesn't work it doesn't work <laughs> the microphone doesn't work oh here we go does this one work that, that one works here we go all right feeling the pressure now I already got the wrong mic out of the way <laughs> um yeah so I've been pretty much set up here so I'm gonna I'm gonna satisfy Louie and Joe and everyone here who's been bullying me all week asking me to do a Tony Kemp impression. do it do uh, it after I've been scarred from my baz Nizzy ones off the past all right this is all I'll give you. I mean, if, if AJ Patel wants to get into the box, <laughs> he just has to take 11 wickets next next time. That's it. That's all you'll get. That's all you'll get. That's all you'll get. All you'll get. There we go. AJ right. Patel. Yeah, that's what I remember. I remember AJ Patel. If AJ, AJ. Patel... All right, anyway, let's actually get onto something here. All right, it's Jose Mourinho's birthday, and for those of you who don't know, Jose Mourinho is my favourite football manager of all time, right? He's legendary, but he's known for being a bit arrogant and cocky with himself so Louis do you want to play off this is his first ever press conference in Chelsea I thought we'd just take a look back at it I have to, I have to say this we have top players <laughs> and
4: um, I'm sorry I'm a bit arrogant we have a top manager again don't please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true I'm European champion so
2: I'm not one of, of the bottle I'm a, I think I'm a special one so there we go Jose he is the special one as he's been called, so that's that's what I'm wondering, Kimby. Is there that line where because you know a bit about Jose Mourinho, don't you? So is is he fit in that line of cocky and arrogant because he is the great? Oh, he won he won the Champions the, League, mate. The, is he? Yeah. What's that? What was that about?
1: The, and rightly so. he's like he's like winks walking out and saying, "I'm I'm going to actually kick your heads in today," and I've done it before. That's what he's <laughs> that's what he's saying. I'm, it's a funny story because Jose, when I first got into the NRL as head coach, Jose, I had a big article of that. It was in a it was in the newspaper, it was in a Saturday Herald here in New Zealand. I cut it out and stuck it up on the wall as a as a benchmark to go, Mate, that's who I wanna be.
0: The special one. I wonder the special what, one. I wonder what adjective you would use for kimpy. Double eight, double three. If Jose's the special one, what one... <laughs> is Kimpy's world what, today, folks? What one is Kimpy? It's Kempy's world every day, mate. Wise, yeah. I'm thinking that if Jose's the special one, the chosen one's going to go very close in the Thornton Mile. Let's talk to Robbie Patterson about Coventina Bay, A-Bay Bay, up after seven o'clock. Next is the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Let's go find us some cafe coffees. Keep kicking. 7am here.
2: Shop in store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Baz and Izzy might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the summer breakfast on S (laughs) E N Z. Maybe
3: searching
1: you
0: S E N Z three minutes past seven o'clock this morning on the twenty-seventh of January 2022. So much going on in the sporting world. We're gonna get stuck into Michael Venus, who got stuck into Nick Carrios. Called him a knob. Yesterday on the news, we'll talk about that. It was a conversation we were having yesterday. Mitch McLennigan used the word wounders for Kokanakis and Kyrios. A lot of people disagreed with us. Michael Venus certainly didn't. We'll talk a bit more about that. And also Daniel Medvedev and him playing up to the crowd saying he... Well, he just channeled his inner Novak when he wanted to win, which I thought was very interesting. Comment, a little bit of trolling. We don't mind it from Daniel Medvedev, a hell of a play. Louis Herman Watt joined here in studio by Tony Kent. Um, we've got plenty going on throughout the morning. That's gone straight over his head, or he's just chosen not to engage.
1: AJ Patel, you don't reckon you were calling him AJ? No, mate, I, was, got, a, got, a, I got it right, I think. I think you guys are just making stuff up this morning. I feel like he's under... Isn't that- isn't that right, Joey? Kimmy's Kemp, always right.
0: Kimmy's Kempi. got his back against the wall now, which I don't <laughs> think that's where we want it to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm coming off shortly.
0: <laughs> He's going to come at the back fence. Here's a message I wanted to get to from uh, the first hour. As a Pakeha who lived overseas, I'm so proud of the cultural heritage in New Zealand. I find what you've done inspiring, Kimpi, and it was already one of my 2020 goals to learn te We spoke about your te journey at the start of the show, Kimpi.
1: Mm, yeah, awesome. That's, <coughs> that's really that, that's such a nice message to um, to send in and, and just do it. You know, a bit of feedback there, just do it. Um, Thank you. Hey, Louis, same for you, mate. Just get out there and do it. Take the plunge. Yeah,
0: nah, bang on, Kimpi. And, and I think... Um, Yeah, it's not really, we didn't plan to start the show there, but I think it's important to be in tune with this stuff and actually encourage and applaud people when they do try and connect with our heritage. And and as Kempe said, you know, some of the stuff you learn in school, well, especially people our age and, and older as well, missed a lot of those details which um, what our country is truly founded on, at least. Uh, definitely got the unlucky for some reference, but had heard it on the 6am news as well. That's Jason, our Quizzy Dag winner. He's got a $50 TAB bonus bet, and that's a good thing for him, Kempe, because the racing and the sports betting markets at this time of year are hot. I know people have been hooking into the tennis. We've been hooking into the racing, and Trentham this weekend for the Thorndon Mile and the Wellington Cup, it's a big meet. I see Tavitak is back in. Hopefully Hazel sh can chauffeur that one to the line, just one place
1: ahead of the second. Yeah, well you've got to jump on that, don't you? you yeah, you can't it, if you backed put, it last start. You've you, got to jump on you it. You have to back it again. Yeah. It's like, you know, if it gets out and puts her puts him in the race um where she's meant to be, no, not bringing him down that long straight from the back. I think I think it's a definite chance. Definite. It'll be interesting to see how the Trentham track is
0: playing actually. Um Look, we've spoken about it a lot but I don't don't even want to go down that angle Um, but two weeks ago when we were there at Trentham and they were flying down the outside for the telegraph it was interesting punting so it definitely is a track you have to watch how the first few races play and if they go, the pattern is against what you've already bet, cover your bets, don't be too proud because you can't beat the way the track is playing every once in a while. The Thorndon Mile, I think there's a mare in here, well there's a lot of great mirrors, but there's a mare in here who I'll be backing if this conversation goes the right way. He's Robbie Patterson he's from, well, oh, he's tar- Taranaki Hardcore isn't he Kimpy? and he's on the line now, probably down there at the track Morning Robbie
6: Yeah good morning mate, how
0: Yeah we're good mate, how are you going? How's the beautiful Naki?
6: Oh, yeah, it's a lovely morning. Oh, it's a bit of a cool breeze this morning, but it, uh, it's been hot lately, so uh, it's quite refreshing this morning. But nah, lovely in the necky.
1: Are you up the gap, Robbie? Are you, Alan, giving you giving you a bit of a tune up already this morning? Is he?
6: No, nah, well, I'm one of the workers. You see, Alan he uh, he's the gap man. Uh, so <laughs> I've been over, and he's he's, he's giving me a bit of a dig though. He's
1: only <laughs> been talking to you. The delegator, mate. The delegator. <laughs>
6: That's the one.
1: How's he?
0: How's how's the mood? How's the mood with uh, Mister Sherrick? Uh, Robbie, obviously Wasaki's had to come out, which is a real shame. And I guess look, you, you guys are all pretty tight-knit in the necky. It's a shame to see one of your poster horses have to come out of the feature.
6: Oh, mate, yesterday uh we're at the Gap and, and uh, wasaki had come out and then they noticed he had his, his 10 in the boat. Oh, it was gutting. It was gutting for everybody. Um, Lucky like he looked, obviously, the the pick of the crop in that lot. And, uh, yeah, for Taranaki and Ellen and whatnot, yeah, they put a lot of work in. A lot of work goes into these horses and, yeah, it was devastating, really.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Oh, racing's a community like that, as you know, Robbie. So it's it's gutting for us all. You just want the good horses into the nice races, and this Thornton Mile field, mate. It's a Group One, but it's a super Group One. Did you at the start of the season? I don't I don't know. Tell us, did you did you have this circled for Coventina Bay, or is it just how it's worked out? And then secondly, did you expect the field to be so strong?
6: No, well last year uh, Melody Bow won in uh, Cinerama's second Deerfield, then it dropped right away, there was only probably about eight in it and I'd, I I keep looking back to that race thinking if we're going to win a group one and it's going to be of that quality uh, this was our big chance, and a month ago it was still looking like that, but uh, yeah, geez, this last few weeks she's really thickened up with uh, two illicit concert all the chosen one all coming into the fray uh, yeah, she's, she's definitely a proper group one, but that's good, that's what we want, we don't want weak group ones, we don't want Horses winning them and saying, oh, yeah, it wasn't really a group one. So, uh, no, to have a top-quality field, it's going to be a great race, good horses, it'll be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and that's a a really good point, Robbie, and you're a racing fan as well. I know that about you. Look, there's arguments to be made that these horses that come in here, especially the mares that are coming back in distance, chosen ones just starting his prep. Uh, Marley Ston has just been... I mean, the weight will be pretty tough for for him to win. So, although the, the, the name recognition and, and the, I guess, the classes in this race, there are arguments we made that you could kind of put marks against each of these top ones. Is that the way you're looking at it?
6: Well, I'm hoping. Uh, I talked to Robert Wellwood at uh, the last meeting down there, and um, and they had nominated to Elicit Considual, and they sort of thought, well, this would be a great lead in for them. The dropping back into the Herbie Dike, you know and dropping back in distance, it's a good run and you can run for a group one money, you know. So, you know, like I got I got the picture there that they're sort of coming, hey, they'll be there trying to win, but they'll improve from the run and go into the Herbie Dike. And hey, the chosen one's a very good horse. He's won two point two million. Um, he's placed. He may have even won at a mile fresh up in Aussie, uh, and he's at fifty five kilos. Like he's probably the horse throwing in at the weight. So um, but, you know, we've got a we've got a couple of runs under about. We're peaking, I hope. I hope she's peaking on the day uh, and as long as the track plays uh, properly when like it's played, played that you've got to have to be off the rail um, hopefully the, they've adjusted that tweaked that during the week and uh, and the rail runs true and if it does and she can get three back on the rail
1: she'll be pretty potent at the finish I'd imagine you got Grizzly on it um, mate and, and... Just what's your plan? What, what you, I know you I know you tend to take your horses down on the day. What's your plan to, to get Commentina Bay and give it the best chance on the day?
6: Yeah, we all, I always travel on the day. She's such a great traveller and um and she takes nothing out of herself in the, in the in the box on the way down, so that's not a problem. But uh yeah, with Grillsy on Grillsy, uh, uh Craig Grills pays the bills. That's our same <laughs> <house>. Love. it. <laughs> he's he, he's the man to have on, he's such a cool dude to have on your horses too, there's no stress and um and uh, he just he just plays the game. And uh, we're real, I'm thrilled to have him on. And, uh, hey, if he can just pop out of the gate and sit three back, uh, I hope it's an easy watch from the top of the straight. But no group ones are easy, so I'm, I'm not getting cocky or anything. But my horse is super well. She, she just worked now, and I've just hosed her, and she's just having a pick of grass, and she's all dappled up and looks magnificent.
0: Oh, that's... This see this is what I wanted to hear, Robbie. When I said I, I think I had one to back. I just wanted to hear the trainer because you can tell with trainers, you know, you're. I mean, you're all salesmen, but at the same time, you're pretty. You're a pretty honest bunch for the most part. Hey, mate, we have heard that you you don't mind your fishing um, out there in the NACI, which obviously there's good fishing around. Is there anything you want to tell us about any kind of protocols you have when you're out there?
6: Um. Well was talking about alan sheriff before uh <laughs> he normally brings the bread rolls and i bring the box of boo so uh that's the first protocols we have and uh and then try and catch fish but uh no yeah we we've got a great coastline here we can't get out every day being horse trainers and the wind gets up in the afternoon but uh oh we love it yeah ellen and i try and get out as much as we can in the summer it's been a bit uh slow lately because uh, we've been bloody busy but uh nah she, she's a great the old necky you can just about do anything
0: and you know, you, you know, is Al trying to reach for the for the stubbies pretty early on, and, and you you got to make sure you you hook one first.
6: Yeah, well, that's the that's the rules we have. Uh, you got to catch a fish, if you can have a beer, but uh, we've broken those rules on many occasions. can <laughs> Get a bit
1: slow during the day, the old fishing. <laughs> he's, he's known he's known to break a few, Alan. Hey, um, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Robbie, Robbie, the the chance to win this group one with Coventina bay and the chosen one where where are those threats coming from Like honestly you've, you've seen the draw where are your major threats do you think yeah uh, you know, the chosen one for me is obviously the big one but too illicit um, maybe too wide the others weighted out is is it is it just a, a sense of putting your horse in the right position and and a foot race between you and the chosen one yeah I
6: I've gone through all the horses and their sectionals and whatnot. And, um, Coventina Bay's got the, she's got the best sectionals out of the whole field. Uh, and by, by a margin, really. I know a lot of the other horses have done it on paper. Um, but if she can get the brakes and get the right spot at the, uh, from the top of the straight, uh, she's probably the quickest horse over the last 400 meters. And, uh, but you're just going to need a lot of luck, but hey, the chosen one he's all class, all class. And, um, Murray will have him. Murray and Andrew will have him primed. Uh, it's a Group One, and he's a colt. He's a stallion. And if I was going to get beaten, I'd like to be the chosen one. I know the Dennis brothers pretty well from my yeah. childhood, and uh, and and he'll make he, he, if he can win a Group One, and, and that'll uh, commercialise him. And he's going to be great for staying blood for New Zealand, um, for New Zealand breeding. I'd, I, I'd love to see him win a Group One. I just hope it's
0: not this Saturday. Yeah, no, no, really good point. Actually, and I've thought that a long time, Robbie. They're, they're great blokes, those Dennis brothers, and and um, he deserves to be a stallion, the, the chosen one, like no doubt. He just probably needs a bit of bit more commerci- commercial on his paper, right? And a Group One would do, even if it is in New Zealand. I know they're, they're hunting that Group One or big race win in Australia, but he's you know he's consistently showing he's a Melbourne Cup st- type stayer and he's a savable, and there's just enough about him. Um, I, I agree. If it's not Coventina Bay, I'd love to see the chosen one get one. Hey, mate, you're taking Winkle Bay down as a, a travelling partner, but can this mare win as well?
6: Oh, she's a quirky, she's a half to Coventina Bay, and uh, while well, she's very quirky, um, she gets on one rain when she gets under a little bit of pressure, and it's cost her, cost her a few races, really. Um, she's drawn the Marble, uh, marble 1 on, on Saturday. I've got a one-eyed blinker on her, on the inside hopefully she doesn't lug in so if she can uh, she's got all ability in the world but she's just these little quirks um she's very well she galloped very good on tuesday um and being race one the rail should be pretty good for race one she could pop out on the trail she'll give them a fright i'm not saying she'll win the race but she'll give them a hell of a fright
0: Beautiful. That's awesome, mate. And um, we'll let you out on this, Robbie, because I know you, you had a good working relationship with her, and, and you obviously took Coventina Bay. And I remember speaking to you about, you know, going to Australia and what you learnt over there. Well, Sammy Collett obviously learnt a lot that trip, enough that she wanted to go back. Yesterday at Ipswich, just gave them a riding lesson in the first that's The only th- one I saw, she just, you know, she's riding so well. You must be pretty proud to see your old buddy over there competing and doing it well up in, in Brisbane.
6: Oh mate, yeah, we 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 talk every other day or text or whatever, and um, oh, she she's a gem that 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 lady um, she's just so positive and she was always going to do well and uh, there She's just got the personality, she's got the work ethic. Hey, mate, it, it's awesome. She's got like in a local pub where we go to have a beer and watch the races every other day. She's got a hell of a fan club, you know. She's just one of those real likeable people.
0: Well, Craig Gills, Grills pays the bills. Sammy Collett fills the wallet. Um, and she's been doing it, <laughs> d- doing it for a long time. She's, she's a beaut. Hey, Robbie, so are you, mate? Appreciate your time. All the best for Coventina Bay. We'll be absolutely riding her home. Um, yeah, she's a she's been a favourite of ours for a long time. And it'd be great to see you get that group one. So um, good luck, mate.
6: Yeah. Hey, lads, I just want to... Um, I've got a horse in the following race after Telegraph, um, Eddie Wood. He's won his last couple, and... Um, and he he's being a real progressive star. Got all the ability in the world, and and he's working a treat. I think probably at fourteens and fours, he'll be a real good each way bet. I think.
0: Oh, where's Eddie Wood? Just give us that one again. Is that
6: he's he's in he's in the race after the 4 mile. It's a seventy-four 2 one.
0: Oh, here we go, Eddie Wood.
6: He's that... last couple. He's just one of those real impressive, um, progressive stars who's just getting better and better.
0: Bang on, Robbie! Awesome, love that from you. Always good to us. All right, go well, mate.
1: Good luck, Robbie. There you. See you guys.
0: Gee, isn't it good when you you actually miss your notes yourself and the guest just does the work? Eddie Wood. So, Coventina he, Bay. He gave some gold. Pay day, a bay bay into Eddie Wood. Back it up. Back to back double
1: for Robbie Patterson on Saturday. Sounds sounds likely. <laughs> oh, mate, it's a it's a cue for me. Chosen one, Coventina Bay.
0: I think what you do is you back them both. Or you back Coventina Bay to win and you back the chosen one to cover your bet on chosen one to place at two dollars forty. And I don't really think you can go too wrong. It's three eighty to win Coventina Bay, six fifty, two forty at the moment. I think they're both fair prices. And it's not a knock-on to illicit and Concert Hall. Um, they're fabulous mayors, and Concert Hall was so good at Ellerslie. But the thing is, she's coming back from, I think that was 2100, uh, the Sky City of Auckland Cup. And she's jumping back to the mile. And the reason she will be jumping back to the mile, and of course she can win because she's so impressive. She's just done it time and time again. But they're going to get back up for that Herbie Dyke distance. That's probably their best distance, these to illicit and Concert Hall, Concert Hall especially. So... Why take them to a trial when you can give them a run in a, or why take them to a, a feeder race when you can give them a run in a group one? They're going to get a not out, not weighted out of it. They've been drawn out a wee bit. So I can see Concert Hall and Toolis probably both not rushing to take their time forward. Not, obviously, they won't be over, it won't be, you know, you're not going to give Vinny and Leith too many instructions. So they're going to get their chance to have a crack at them but this isn't their grand final. They're coming back in distance. I can see them hitting the line very strong, maybe finishing out the four or kind of threatening for that f- top five spot. But the chosen one from Barrier 3, he's probably the class horse of the field. Well, he certainly is. He's one of our best New Zealand's best horses, and we know that. In Coventina Bay uh, peaking now, Robbie's had, a, had this race picked out for a year. From Barrier 1, not weighted out of it, been riding, running really good races with heavy weights. At three dollars eighty, I just think it makes sense. And hearing Robbie talk about the sectionals, he does his form. So there you go. Don't say we don't do anything for you, Kimpy. That's um that's some mail.
1: Yeah, that's a yeah, and you've and you've nailed it. I think the I think the wide draws from from concert Hall to elicit too much work. If they hit that that nice wide open, straight in front Coventino Bone chosen one that's a foot race. Yeah. All right. Robbie Patterson, uh McCafe
0: coffee catch up. Beautiful stuff from Robbie sitting there up at the gap with Alan sipping on his McCafe's, getting ready to take the boat out. And
1: there's um, a funny in it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually working. That's what he. <laughs> no, Alan, Alan's up at the gap having coffee. I'm actually working.
0: Yes, yeah. Alan's up there with his <laughs> McCafe. I'm actually just hosing down my Group One there. the Thornton Mile, Harcourt's Thornton Mile this Saturday. Group One it is at four o'clock easy number to remember. Watch it. Maybe have a bet on Coventina Bay. Cover on Chosen One A Place. That's how I'm going to play it. Obviously, R18 gamble responsibly. 21 minutes past 7 o'clock. Let's talk some tennis up after this. You're listening to SCNZ, and if you missed, missed our Cafe Coffee Catch-Up with Robbie Patterson, go have a listen to the Baz and Izzy for Breakfast podcast channel, and he's got some mail for you on the Thorndon Mile this weekend. Kimpy, yesterday we we covered a lot of things on the show. But one thing we, one question we really wanted to know on double eight double three in the Kennards High phone line 0800 is how are you feeling about Nick Karius and Kokanakis? They, they're calling it double special K. <laughs> they're calling it special K or double K or something. You know, these guys, are they good for tennis? Somebody texted and said they hadn't watched a tennis game in years and they tuned in because they wanted to see the, see the performance out of it. But encouraging the crowd to cheer and jeer and, and to get stuck into the uh, Tim Putz and Michael Venus in between serves, the Kia Arena is already a you know, pretty feral place with atmosphere and sledging and that sort of thing. So do you need the guys on the other end of the fence encouraging it? Well, Michael Venus was there. And this is what he had to say. And I want your reaction to the skimpy. He always spin it in a way that that helps him but
7: uh, you know at the end of the day he's just an absolute knob I think it just speaks for him his maturity level is about it's probably being generous to a 10 year old to say that it's about at that level unbelievable tennis player
2: what he can do out there his tennis IQ on the court it is uh, it is amazing but from the maturity side it's nice you can you see why he's uh, never fulfilled his potential and um,
7: probably never will Chatter
0: TV and Z um, uh, Chris Chang, I believe it was that that got
1: that interview. Just gold work, mate. But what do you what do you make of that, Kimpy? Oh, he's had a decent crack, isn't he? He's had a decent crack at him. Just giving, giving it to him right at the end about his maturity and and um, he's rattled. He rattled him.
0: Curious, rattled Venus, hundred percent. So I guess the question for me, Kimpy, is. Is this wise Michael Venus? Because I kind of agree everything he says, although I do think Kairos is actually a pretty good guy deep down. He's done enough for me over the last few years that I think he's an all right guy. He clearly is immature. He clearly won't reach his potential, and I don't endorse what he was doing to Tim Puts and Michael Venus. But coming out and having a shot, it's only going to end in one way for Michael Venus. People are just going to think he's a crybaby, right?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. He should have kept it under his hat, that, that comment. Um, and didn't need to make it public and used it as you know what, what he's done is he's played his cards you know what i mean he's he's basically gone out there and said you know he's a knob he's he's got the mature he acts like a 10 year old and he's got no he's not very mature he's basically told everyone what they already know he's and, and he's got he's definitely got under his skin so um mate, do you think they said that about muhammad ali with everything that he used to say to the boxers and in the way that he spoke you know, is it, can, can you, can, do you get my point? There's a difference in the way that you say it.
0: I do get your point. I don't know if it's the world's best uh, analogy because Muhammad Ali was like gifted to the point and he was putting out results even when he was Cassius Clay. You know? But that's my point. But Nick Kyrgios needs to actually – what Michael Venus is you, – yeah, your point is what Michael Venus is saying is true and I agree. And I don't necessarily know if he it makes him sound like a crybaby, but what it does is it makes him sound like a sore loser, because yeah, it wasn't fair. I agree that stadium needed to be completely under; it, they needed to get the crowd back in the box fast, and they couldn't because Nick Kyrgios was carrying on and Kokonakis was winding them up. So I agree, but the point is you lost, and are you really angry because he's immature? You angry because you lost to two singles players at your own game?
1: Yeah, and, and they used the crowd to rattle you and take you off your game, which is a tactic that they probably talked about in the changer room. And once they got a bit of a buy-in buy, back, buy in from the crowds, they knew that it was upsetting the two blokes who were better than them.
0: This storyline has ebbs and flows. Here I was saying that Kyrios was a great guy at the start of the week. Then I thought he was an absolute tool. Mitch used the word um, wounder. And we're going to find out from Smithy whether the Kokonakis and Kyrios are wounders. And I did love when Michael Venus came out and said this because I just, I think we want athletes to speak their mind. Don't be afraid of a feud if that's what you truly believe. But the more I think about it and the more I listen to it, I go, actually, was that the best thing to do? Because it was kind of like satisfying in the moment. But it wasn't those ones where you got caught, someone asked you for an interview and you might want to rein it back now you've seen it go everywhere, it's blowing up, wide worlders of sport in Sydney, SENZ, SEN in Australia, everyone's <laughs> covering it. Would he want to put those words back in the box? Oh,
1: Yeah, not the same, but Brendan Smith would want to go back and take his last interview and put it back in the box, wouldn't he? You know what I mean? I think you're, you're dead right after reviewing those comments after, directly after a game. I think, you know... Salty. Yeah, this is this is more of a... You know, an article that he does later on, and say, you know, I really found that this yes. curious was a bit yes. of a knob. You know, like it no- grated me. I had hung on to it for a while, and I yeah. wanted to let it and blow over. To, and add to the story, and say, you know, I really let it get under my skin, no, and I shouldn't have. But you know, because because the the analyst would say, well, it was a tactic. You know, it was a tactic. It worked.
0: I don't have an issue with Michael Venus doing it. He can do what he wants. Good on him for having a whack and he obviously means what he says but I just wonder if he might come to realise that having a crack that soon after just made him sound slightly salty or do you think I'm absolutely off it? Do you think that he's totally well within his right because yes I am the same guy that was saying what Kyrios and Kokonakis were up to was toolish so now am I a hypocrite? eight double a eleven. Give me a call. I want someone to argue this with me, or well, not even argue it. Just tell me why. Tell me why you think this was fine from Michael Venus, or it was good, or if you agree, and maybe it just was a maybe it just has played a little bit poorly in hindsight. Let me know. It's twenty eight minutes away from eight o'clock. Here comes the news with Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. <coughs> SNZ, we are 25 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Tommy Pyatt, Tony Kemp's favourite sports coach, coming up shortly. He's Nico Porteous, his coach. We'll talk to him about Nico, his X-game success, and where he sees Nico taking his game and what sort of heights he can crack. Before then, we've been talking about Michael Venus and Nick Kyrgios. I'm genuinely curious if you think what Michael Venus has come out and said about Nick Kyrgios' to and emotional maturity, calling him a knob, if you think that's how you would have played it. Is it fair enough? Because, like I do agree, the conduct was totally out of line at Kia Arena. But is this how you would have handled it? We've had a message here from Brett. Imagine that take by Venus. If he had won the match, because after a loss, I don't know if it's a good look for the bro. That's kind of the key, isn't it? Because they beat you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly right. He, he should have kept it under, under his hat. He should have said, he could have, you know, I've got no problems with people having a crack at each other, as you know. <laughs> um, but you yeah, well, have, you and Joey, yeah, yeah. you guys are feuding at the moment. The rat, the rat. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, keep it under keep it under your hat and say, hey, I wasn't happy with the crowd. You know, that, that's you don't have to attack the player because the player's basically gone, you know, that's one point to me. I know where, I know where, how to get under your skin next time. You know, he,
0: he rattled him again. Yeah, look, I don't think Nick Kyrgios is losing sleep over Michael Venus.
1: Well, but, but, but that's the point. Everybody knows how he's going to behave. Everybody expects it. So you're not you're not actually coming up and coming up with something new. You're just basically venting about something that everyone knows. What, he's a knob? Of course everyone thinks that
0: bang on, Kimpy. That's how I see it, mate. Uh, send us a message, double eight, double three, or even better, give us a call on the Kinard Tire phone line to talk this. Nick Curios, what are your feelings? If you've been watching a lot of the tennis, we're gonna we're gonna speak about the tennis and the actual on court tennis after eight. Though, any questions? Any questions about the tennis? And we'll get it to our guest after eight o'clock. Tommy Pyre is not far away. We're gonna talk some rugby league later in the eight o'clock hour as well. Rugby
2: league, <laughs>
0: the greatest game of all. Uh, you know it. You it's know your, it, eh, Louie? You know it. It's the greatest game of all. It is. That's what they tell there me. There
1: is no other game, mate, or the, in, he, in or the heaven wow.
0: anywhere. Mm, mm, there is the great game. What's that? Well, there's the greatest game of all, and then there's the great game.
1: Which is what? Horse racing. Yeah, thank God you didn't say the other word, mate. Oh, I would have come, I I I come off the wall. Mate, I come off do the I look ropes.
0: like Izzy Dad? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs>
0: I don't need you going off the back fence at me, Kempi All right. It's your last chance to get involved in the Cancer Society's Longest Day Golf Challenge. Register at longestday.org.nz. Rather be playing golf right now, of course, you would grab your mates and register at longestday.org.nz. Okay. That finishes on the 31st of January, so get involved now. Tommy Pyatt, Tony Kemp's favourite sports coach, up after this. SCNZ, it is 17 and a half minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning, and it is a pleasure. to welcome into the show a man who's got his fingerprints all over some of our most high-performing Kiwis out there on the world stage. Tommy Pyre, he's Nico Porteous's coach, and I'm sure he's absolutely loving his time on the road with uh, young Nico at the moment because he's a, he's a ripping dude. Couple of good Kiwis. Welcome, Tommy. How you doing, man?
7: Hi, very good, thank you. Calling in from Switzerland.
0: Yeah, Switzerland. What's the weather and track conditions like, mate?
7: Great over here, Sonny. We got in yesterday from the USA and we're enjoying our
0: time. Awesome. That um that Aspen experience, that might have been right up there even for yourself. And You guys have seen a bit now together, you and Nico, and yourself as well, coaching and, and doing your gig, but that must have been a pretty epic experience the whole Aspen time.
7: Yeah, X Games was a huge highlight. Um, I mean, it was a very hard thought win that one, and to get his second um, X Games gold in a row was... Um, a huge one for the memory banks.
1: Hey Tommy, it's Kempi here, mate. What what makes this kid tick, mate? What's the what's so special about Nico?
7: Oh man, he's he's got a passion for winning He's a perfectionist, so um, it, those are those are good things for <laughs> skier. And
1: and his mental you you don't have a mental skills coach in high performance. Do you take care of that as well? No, we
7: do. No, we do. Yeah, I I definitely take care of a little bit, but we do have one of those as well, and um, it's helped definitely, especially through the younger years when he was, um, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Um, it took
1: a lot of the mental skills yeah and we, we spoke to him just recently and, and he was preparing for um his you know kids spending the rest of the day getting ready for his his night run are they are they learning just as much off this kid now from a, a's a ex high performance coach are they learning just as much off this kid about his preparation and the way that his um, application to his the mental side of it than he gets from them, do you think?
7: Yeah, I don't know. We have we have a very skilled mental skills coach. He's um ex SPS. He's been Armed Sports and he's, been, um, he's um, with Formula One and um Chelsea soccer too, Chelsea football, I guess. Um, so he, he's worked with a lot of young dudes as well through motorsport. So I'm not sure how much he's getting from us, but man, we're getting a lot from him for sure. Um, especially in that pre-performance routine and um, things like that. Um, we've definitely taken things away throughout the years that now add up to a uh, um, amazing well-rounded routine
0: yeah it feels like the formula is starting to be really honed from the outside Tommy anyway it just looks like every time you do it you just you know, there's a bit more polish on your um yeah as you say your routine so w- w- what sort of identity do you you guys have as a team obviously it, there's no one that can do it for Nico he has to get out there and and stomp those runs but as a kind of collective do you guys have an identity that you feel like you you kind of relate to
7: yeah, yeah. Like you say, there's no no one that can do it for ego for sure. But we I've worked with him since years on, so we definitely have this sort of um, trust element going on. Um, and these days there'll be a lot of um, not even having to talk to each other. He'll he'll come to the top of the chairlift and he'll nod to me, and I'll nod to him, and we'll just know that it's go time on whatever we're nodding about. Um, so it's it's definitely it's, it's honed in these
1: days for sure. That's a, it's a fantastic spot to be in, mate, when you can look at your athletes and go, yeah, yeah he's, come, he's come ready to play. Um, can you just give me an idea what Nico's doing and the team are doing for the public in New Zealand? You know, when you, you're up in Aspen, you're up in all these fantastic places up in Europe, and this little country down under the rest of the world here is producing champions. What is it doing for New Zealand on a whole?
7: Oh, that's a high question. What is it doing for New Zealand? I don't really know, but I I hope that it's just inspiring more people to get outdoors, and specifically more people to go skiing.
1: And do you and do you see that like through the you know when you're seeing the sport grow, do you see that as a as a measured result that what Nico's doing is bringing more kids to the to the ski fields?
7: For sure. I mean, we're a tiny industry, the ski industry. Um, as a whole, you know, compared to a lot of other sports. But there's a lot of young kids in New Zealand aspiring to be the next Nico, of course, or the next them. But they, they have come into it because of Nico, guys and girls alike. like. Um, and you hear them say that in, the, in their own way on the hill all the time. We have the um, national development team out here right now, actually, and they're a bunch of 13 to 16-year-olds. And um, they're all super excited to hang with Nico and his brother Miguel, too.
0: Yeah that's cool eh that's that's the sort of stuff that I'm sure really you get a thrill out of as well Tommy I mean you, you as you say you you worked with him as he was a kid that age right so like to see to see that from the next gen, that's um that's epic. Hey, just talk to me about where you guys are at heading into uh Beijing. So the Winter Olympics around the corner. I asked I asked probably quite a stupid question to Nika when we had him on last week. I said, Does this feel like you you've really been peaking, waiting for this best of year twenty twenty two? And he said, Oh, to be honest, man, I just try to win every week. So <laughs> he kind of laughed it off like it's not it's just another real day, but when do you really start to lock in for the Winter Games? Uh, you know, the X Games are done and dusted now. When does that real kind of focus start to come?
7: Yeah, they're, they're gonna they're going blow it off, um, and I think they need to for the for the, to keep it um, dumbed down in their their mental. But it, it, it's the biggest thing we talk about it all of the four years. What is the Olympic run that we're building to? What are the tricks that we're doing? Um all the funding, all the support stuff, they're all around this one event. So there's no hiding from the fact that we're building to this. And um, we've been building to it the whole time. We're now in a two-week holding camp, as you could call it, uh, in Marks in Switzerland, where we're just we're training a little bit, but we're mostly just trying not
1: to get injured and stay happy and healthy.
0: Yeah, awesome. And in 2022, that's that's probably harder than years gone by. <laughs>
1: And a bit a bit about yourself, Tommy. What are you What are you bringing to the table for Nico? That's different than any other, other coach out there, and get, and helping him win these gold medals.
7: I know. well. That's a hard question to talk about stuff. But we, um, like I say, we've been together since he's six years old. So the the trust factor is just huge, and um, the work's been done. You know, we've we've done the work. Nico's ready. We're ready to go to the games, and, and once we get there, it's it's definitely the trust factor. Of, how many of these tricks he's learned? Is he ready to pull on the day? And that's something that me and him can honestly um, talk about together because we have so much trust there.
0: Awesome, Tommy. That's great, man. I look, totally appreciate you dialing in from Switzerland and in this holding camp, as you say. Uh, like, the hype is going to. Uh, I've been saying it for a while, mate, and, and it was a tough question, you know, what, what is it doing for New Zealand? But take it from us, back here, I, I, there's never been this um, kind of, I guess, hype around snow sports in this mainstream. And, and what these those Zoe and Nico in particular did, um, and you can't forget Jossie and, and the guys that were doing it first, guys and girls doing it first, but what they did four years ago um, at the Winter Olympics there's been four years of build up to this and then the kind of Mammoth Mountain effort the the run at the X Games, the gold's there there's this real kind of energy around snow sports in New Zealand that I can't remember ever feeling and I think we're all just rooting for you guys so good luck stay happy, stay healthy and then we'll catch up I'm sure as the Winter Olympics beckon
7: Awesome, yeah I love how you guys know about any event other than the Olympics so it's great to hear <laughs> Yes,
0: yeah, that's it man Cheers Tommy Thank you, mate. There you go. And that's true because it's what I said earlier. We are obsessed about the Olympics. We are obsessed. But the reality is, Nico and Tommy, they've got so much more than that. They've got the X Games, they've got the World Cup events. And now we are aware of the athlete and their end goal which is the Olympics and it was so fascinating to hear Tommy say well they have to, he had to blow it off because mm. to stay fresh and to stay in the moment you can't think about peaking but the reality is they know it, they talk about it mm. but that's not all they do and I think that that's cool that we're, um, we're getting to that point Kempe
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a cycle eh you see that with, with every cycle um, as they run through the World Cups so through the rugby, through the Olympics um, teams that that are going average but this, the the main goal is getting the gold at the Olympics. You know what I mean. So, I think I think it's wonderful. I've, you know what I was trying to get out of Tommy is that this this new v- um, viewer of sport, the young kid, like back in my day, we just watched rugby, but now kids with the internet and 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 you know a, basically a TV screen in their hand all day, are tuning in to watch young Nico and and Zoe and them all on these fantastic runs with Red Bull and, and so forth and dialling into New Zealand sport, you know. And it, it was great to hear that they've got a junior team up there at the moment doing a development camp. See, no one knows that.
0: No one knows that. 2022, we can't even play a trans-Tasman rugby competition. And Snow we- Sports New Zealand have got 13 and 14 years. We didn't send our cricketers to the
1: Under-19 World Cup because we didn't want to put them in isolation. But see, that's the changing face of sport. Like, they just that's, that's going on and we, we're at the you top know, end do you know we're going, we don't know what we're doing
0: do you know why because snow sport is a truly international sport truly international sport you can't do it here you can't win X Games medals in New Zealand mm. you know and that's the difference they're finding a way and it won't be easy it was interesting good good pickup. and Kempi, I mean the fact that you just used rugby union as an example for something I might have to come off the back fence at you. It's seven <laughs> minutes away from eight. Listen to the SENZ, and here's some key information for you. Win a Dometic summer getaway prize pack worth $3,000. It is still summer. We're coming into the best month of the year, which is February. Head over to the SENZ Facebook page to enter. The major prize includes, well, look, a lot of good stuff. Here's the best one for me. A good tent. A brand-for-air camping tent worth 900 bucks. That's the good stuff. This is proper good stuff, Dometic. This is the actual kind of camping stuff you really want to get your hands on. So head across to the SCNZ Facebook page. We're going to talk some tennis, some Australian Open with a, a, a very fine mind out of the UK coming up after 8 o'clock. A couple of texts here. Anything on the Wellington Cup, guys? What's the mail on Wysocki Kempy? That's from Patrick.
1: Yeah, Pat. Uh, unfortunately, Wasaki's out uh, with a tendon injury. Ellen has had to pull him out, pulled up a bit sore yesterday and just doing the work to find out what's wrong hopefully we haven't seen the end of him but uh, yep yeah, I'm afraid Wasaki the money bet of the day is out he was going to carry a lot of weight but gee the camp was bullish
0: uh, here's a message regarding the Nick Keros uh, situation excuse me Nick Keros situation why not use your fans to help you out Cantab's been doing it for years against Auckland yeah, the Auckland fans eventually ran, went running scared, didn't they? Karyos is good. Venus needs to work on himself. Everything he, had, everything Kyrgios did, Kyrgios did was above board. Unnamed texter, interesting. Double eight, double three. Michael Venus calling Karyos a knob, having a crack, saying he's immature. Was it necessary? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Double eight, double three. Get in touch with us. I'd love to hear from you. We're going to talk rugby league in the next hour, 8.40, 20 to 9, 0800-150-811, the Kennard's High phone line, any rugby league questions or thoughts, give them to Kempe, he's craving it, like I'm craving a McCafe coffee, Michael Hink's talking, the Australian Open not far away, here's the news for Kubota, together we're shaping and building New Zealand.
2: The Summer Breakfast on SENZ.
0: air cnz three and a half minutes past 8 a.m this morning as we amble towards the end of january already nearly one twelfth of the way there for 2022 and then it'll be 2023 and hopefully we'll be done with covid until then hang tough i hope you're doing well wherever you are around aote and you're enjoying your morning on your way to work Three minutes past eight, maybe stopped in, got yourself a wee McCafe, coffee, ready in in for the last hour of Tony Kemp and myself here on the SCNZ summer breakfast before the Doy and Ian Smith takes over. Gee, it's a good day to be Bob Dylan or Bob Dylan's family, Kempy. Was that? Sold his music catalogue for two hundred million US. You like you like Bob Dylan? Oh, he's a lyrical genius, isn't he? Yeah, I like him. He's a well, he's a he's a poet really, isn't he? He's um he's yeah he's he's a savant. He's probably you know when you people say oh he's a savant, but you you know, like Sean Johnson's a savant.
1: Like you know, like do people throw throw things around. Do you think there's many pe- people in the NRL that know who not players these days that know who Bob Dylan really is? Mm. You think when you see them hop off the bus and they've got their headphones on they are listen to Bob Dylan? <laughs> no,
0: that's fine. They don't have to be. Personally, I don't I don't walk around in my day-to-day listening to Bob Dylan if it comes on The the wireless, or you know, it comes on a playlist. Think you just always think to yourself, he's one of those guys. You always think to yourself,
1: you may look, you may look, you may look 15, but 15 year olds don't even know what a wireless is. And for all those 15 year olds are listening, what is a wireless,
0: Joe? (laughs) Uh, what's a wireless? What? <laughs> yeah, point proven. <laughs> All right, there you go, Kimby. But it's a good day to be Bob Dylan or Bob... <laughs> tearing me. The rat. It's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, who pays your bills? There's a question for you. SENZ, you're listening to us. It's five minutes past eight. It's a good day to be a Bob Dylan fan as well because every day's a good day to be a Bob Dylan fan. Look, the Australian Open is in full swing. We are absolutely loving this tournament as we do with a lot of... Of the Grand Slams, there are storylines, there's arcs, there's arduous five-set battles, there's controversy, there's umpire sprays, there's crowds booing. It is a tournament that has captured the imagination, really. And you think back to the Novak Djokovic saga and, oh, how we've let that slide by because the tennis has been scintillating. Yesterday, the performance of the day for me was Stefanos Tsitsipas. The Greek with that big Greek crowd there in Melbourne I think was playing as aggressive but controlled and confident tennis as I've ever, I've ever seen him play. Michael Hinks is a fantastic sports journalist out of the UK. He covers a lot of tennis for various platforms and he does a fantastic job at it. He would have been watching all of the action and he's been good enough to take our call this evening or this morning. Morning Michael, evening to you.
4: Hi, are you OK? It's a very um, kind intro you gave there.
0: No, that's all right, mate. It's appreciate. He's a kind pre- man, Mike. He's a kind man, and we appreciate man. you giving us uh, your, your time. You've you been watching a lot of the tennis, so probably some late nights or early mornings.
4: Oof, yeah, six a.m. alarm today, so I missed. Um, I missed the two final women's quarterfinals, finals, but I've been time to see, like you said, Sissy Pass just absolutely run away with a match that people probably thought was going to be um, tighter than it was in the end.
0: Yeah, well, Sinner, he's, he's got the wraps on him, he has the game, he seems like a real good kid, but have you felt that Sitsi has just come on this tournament and maybe sniffes, sniffs his chance?
4: It's tough to say, really, because I think he's been one of those players for a couple of years now that you kind of feel like he's ready to wrestle this control from the uh, the big three. Uh, he I think, made semi-finals a couple of years ago at the Australian Open as well, so... It's not like it's not a surprise, obviously. Number four seed as well won the ATP World Tour Finals, so yeah. But I guess with um with the draw opening up a little, because he was in a in a pretty packed side of the draw with with what would have been Djokovic and then Zverev getting knocked out. It still has Nadal as well, so it's a it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But yeah, he's made it to the semis.
0: I think the fashion he did it in was just so. It's like controlled aggression and confidence. He just he really was bouncing around with purpose. When he sniffed that he could be a straight sets and and go have a rest. Is there a chance? And and do you expect Rafa to beat Berrettini? And do you expect Rafa to be facing one of these next gen guys? And it, you know as as well as Sitsipas, Medvedev for a long time we've just said is he the next guy? Is he the next guy? Do you expect that we're going to have a final, a standoff between Rafa and either pass or Mvudive?
4: Yeah, a bit of an old era versus the new. I think Nadal he won't have it easy against Berrettini. I um I think he's a, he's a great player. My my girlfriend loves him even more than I do for, you know, decent looking bloke and he's got the game. But um, I think Nadal will 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 have a enough. I think they both had long quarterfinals essentially, so. Nadal's been there, done that, looking for number 21, and I think that, you know, it will be a great test for one of these guys to, if they really want to wrestle this momentum away from Djokovic and Nadal especially, they they need to do it against them when they're playing and with no Djokovic there. I suppose people thought that Djokovic was going to be the last obstacle for many of these younger players, but it's great to see a 35-year-old Nadal there as well and. Yeah, I think it could well be Nadal Medvedev final, but they are very tricky semi-finals to call.
1: The media would have had a fan day up there in the UK, uh, Michael, with a name like Novak, wouldn't they?
4: Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, I think Medvedev was pretty funny after. I don't know if you saw him um, say that he channeled his inner Novak when beating. Uh, <laughs> he had a crack when when beating. Uh, oh God, my mind is absolutely gone and winning in five sets earlier today.
1: Have you been f- just... have you been following the uh, game between Michael Venus and Kyrios? Have you are you up to date on Michael Venus's remarks about Kyrios last night?
4: Yeah, I yeah. I probably was you don't know, repeat on a New Zealand breakfast show, but look, I think I think that this is a this is a Kyrgios that we all know and love the one that we're seeing at the tournament. It's a shame that he's not getting beyond the second round, but what can you do when you meet a player like Medvedev? But you see him playing doubles with Kokkinakis, and yeah, he, maturity may be lacking at times, but I think in the last few years especially, I think he's actually he's grown as a person, and I think that tennis fans, he, he sells out like no one else. He obviously can't fill the Melbourne grounds this, this year, but there's not really a player like him, and he may rub people up the wrong way, but you look what he does to the crowd, and you look what he does for tennis overall, I think. I don't know. I think the I think the comments are a bit harsh, but he's obviously going to annoy a few people, and he's probably probably going to annoy people if he beats them as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's a really tough one, especially for us because we we love Michael Venus. He's been a champion for New Zealand on the world stage, and mm. I didn't necessarily think it was fair the treatment that him and Tim Putz were getting from that crowd. And and I wouldn't. I don't think Nick Kyrgios and Kokanakis needed to incite it. I think that they were doing well enough. Just the atmosphere was good enough anyway, but. After you lose coming out and saying something like that, it's always much worse, isn't it?
4: Yeah, yeah, but we're talking about elite athletes in the heat of the moment. I think if you asked me after a match like that, I'd probably, I mean, I'd certainly need media training to probably say the right thing. But look, I mean, Kyrgios is one of these characters that we love because he says what he wants and, yeah, just because he's been called a so-and-so by someone else, I think we should kind of, I don't know, almost enjoy enjoy it a bit. Tennis needs... Tennis needs a bit of spice. It needs a bit of salt to add mm-hmm. to um, almost the sweetness that we've seen with players like Nadal and Federer in the past 10, 20 years.
1: You see the you see the difference that cricket have done by changing up their games with the super bash and, and so forth. You think tennis needs something like that, Michael, to to add to the stale um, I, I guess crowds that you that go there they, and with the golf etiquette, you can't talk, you can't say anything when it's an event. And curious to showing that how he can get crowds in that in, uh, into the game.
4: Yeah, it's a good point, really. I mean, they have these next gen finals, which which do try and trial things. They trial formats. They, I mean, simple stuff like removing tram lines from singles games and allowing on court coaching. But I do think you look at you look at some of these sports that encourage noise during during points. Even there is an argument to say that maybe there is a there is scope for it it's just where is the time in this in this crazy calendar you have the atp creating new like like nation tournaments and i know that curios and a couple of the brits over here they love playing them but you these tournaments need fans and i guess at this point in time with the pandemic and reduced capacity crowds it is a bit of a tough time to maybe introduce new tournaments but Hey imagine a imagine a match where where you don't actually have to shush the crowd and you just keep on playing because we all know that we've paid in the environments before
0: Hey hey yeah. Michael I think I think I think you've just translated <laughs> us and transported us into uh Michael Venus's nightmares mate he's he's <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's well he yeah. might be the one that disagrees with that
4: The last thing we want is people shouting Sue the whole time but oh. you know just, even just talking maybe but yeah that's <laughs> Yeah, we could talk for hours on how annoying that Ronaldo thing
0: is. Yeah, 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 we could, mate. Oh, look, the last thing us and the Queen needs is that going to Wimbledon. So you need to stamp that out the minute it gets to the UK, mate. That <laughs> we don't, we don't need, uh, we don't need Queenie, don't, Queenie getting a heart attack with the strawberries and cream and <laughs> some some uh, they'll be
4: they'll be chucking uh, chucking people out if there's any seas at Wimbledon. Make no mistake about
0: that. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, mate, um, I, I, I want to know how you you've seen and, and you kind of just gave us the. The rundown on on what you think could happen in the men's um, the side of the draw because the the reality is these guys that we've seen them time and time again. But women's tennis is am I right in saying that the the Roland Garros semifinals had four women in the f- semifinals that had never been in semifinals before, and I think that the Australian Open quite on the contrary. There are four women that have been in semifinals before, which is kind of actually a bit of an anomaly for women's tennis because it, it does fluctuate, it tends to more, does it, Michael?
4: Yeah, I think it's actually the first time I saw on Twitter for five years, maybe, where the women have four players have already reached this stage of this, the semifinals of a Grand Slam. So, yeah, I, I, we're, we're so used to welcoming in these new champions. I mean, try. Chicova won the French Open for the first time last year. Obviously, it was widely celebrated here with Raducanu coming from nowhere, the US Open. so We're used to welcoming new champions, but now you look at these, you look at the seeds, and it's absolutely stacked with Grand Slam winners. It's stacked with proper, proper players, and it's no surprise that we have seen these players returning to the semi-finals again. I mean, there's only one player in my eyes who will probably win it, and that's Ash Barty. But to have four players who have been there, done that, doesn't make it doesn't make it so simple.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't. at all. Cash Barty. She just looks in dominant form. Although Madison Keys has got a big enough racket that she could rattle her, I think.
4: Yeah, no. I mean, she's uh, she's already beaten Kenin. She's already beaten Krychakova and uh, Badouza as well. So three three of the top eleven seeds and. If anyone's not going to fear taking on the world number one, I would assume it's going to be Keyes, who's in a red hot form.
1: Michael, they're going on about Kyrios, but what about McEnroe? How do you think McEnroe, Becker, um, Borg, those type of players would go into the, in, in today's arena?
4: That's a great question. Um, I think we'd probably be watching McEnroe uh, playing doubles with Kyrios or that very. Elite, um, <laughs> It'd be great, wouldn't it? Looking forward. To, oh, I mean, it, it would be great. I think. I especially a few years ago I always thought there was one man to probably coach Kirios. but I, I get to the I get to the I get the feeling that he's arguably uncoachable in a way, but I always thought that McEnroe and Kyrios would have been a great link up. I think you have Borg a bit more of a cooler head like like Federer but yeah, I think it's it's so impossible to say how those guys would um would shape up because yeah they played with different rackets and they probably played at a different speed but they were the world's best at their time so they probably would have raised the level but i mean talking of tournaments they would love imagine trying to get those three against the current three but that's something that will obviously never happen
0: Hey Michael, thoroughly enjoyed chatting to you, mate. You're um you're doing well considering you're at the other end of the day from when you got to get up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the the it looks like the the women's games with well, the two semi-finals today. Ash Barney Madison Keys the first one nine thirty our time. So what's that eight thirty am your time? So that's a sleeping, is it?
4: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well um I can set an al- a later alarm this time.
0: Yeah. Nice stuff, man. Great to catch up. We we really appreciate having you on.
4: All the best. Nice one. Thank you.
0: Here's a text, and I don't mind it, Kempy. Off the back of that. Cheers, Steve. All right, Steve. Sorry, guys. Can't work you out. How many times have I heard you say it would be refreshing if a Kiwi sports person spoke their mind after an event instead of the standard response? When Venus does, you call them out for it. Ever thought you guys could actually be the reason they don't? Cheers, Steve. Steve, love your message. And I completely understand and actually agree with what you're saying. It is hypocritical that we're saying it. But just you you can actually have both, mate. And stick with me here. I highly encourage Kiwi sports people and athletes to speak their mind. I'm not necessarily, and I'm not having a crack at Michael Venus for doing it. I'm asking will he regret it now, and is it hard work when you lose to get your point across? Is there any way Michael Venus doesn't feel salty after this? And will he regret it? That's my question. Look, I encourage him to do it. Would I have done it? I don't know because I'm not a high-performing athlete in that position. I could try and give you some hypothesis about what I would try to do. I think he was rattled. I think he was genuinely gutted. I think he truly believes that he that, that Nick Kyrgios is immature, and everything he said was necess- was quite right. I take your point, though, Steve, because I understand that some athletes, and, and actually Michael said it, media training um, – I understand that some of them are afraid because they feel like, and they feel, you know, organizations feel like they have to media train athletes so they don't become talk topics. It is, it is a kind of a paradox. I know what you mean. I'm not criticizing Michael Venus for doing it though. I'm just wondering if he said is something he is going to regret, but I appreciate your message on double eight, double three, never be afraid to come through and disagree with me or challenge me. That's what we want. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. 800 Kempe, we love it. We need this sort of discussion.
1: Hundred percent. I think it's great. I think it's a great response too. And I was waiting for that one to come back because, as, as an ex-athlete, ex-coach, um, there are times when you want to say something, but there's the time to say it. That's what you're basic, basically saying. Was it the right time to say what he had to say? And I would never discourage
0: an athlete or a sport or a coach from speaking their mind. I never would. But we're allowed to talk about it and analyze it. I'm,
1: I, I, I think opinion's good. They're like something you got on you and everyone's got one. (laughs) You can't say that on air.
0: (laughs) He did tell us he was coming off the back fence. All right, keep your messages coming through. Kempy's talking rugby league at 20 to 8 as well. So we've got a couple of good texts here from Scotty and Jim James. We will not let those ones slip through the cracks, lads. Stay with us. Paulie Moati, the party. Let's talk Thorndon Mile and Wellington Cup markets up after this. SCNZ, it is 25 minutes past 8am this morning It's been an absolute pleasure to have you involved with the show Some great messages Steve, appreciate you coming through I want more of it Double eight, double three, and oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. 150 The Kenards High phone line Alright, tab.co.nz Is where you go when you listen to interviews Like we did with Robbie Patterson Paulie Emoati is the party He's also our TAB partner in crime And he's with us now G'day Paul
3: Good morning boys
0: any chance you heard that interview with um, Robbie Patterson?
3: Yeah, I did actually.
0: <laughs> he was hard
1: crack, wasn't he?
3: He was brilliant, fantastic. He's from Taranaki. Um, just...
1: He's from Taranaki, Paulie. You know, why well, should in... think he's from Southland? Short, short from brilliant, mate. Stop claiming people. <laughs> <laughs> stop claiming people. <laughs> but,
3: Paul, he's got, he's yeah.
0: You, you would have heard how bullish he was on Coventina Bay, Bay, Bay.
3: Yeah, he's got a good one there. She, she's a huge chance. And um, with that weight drop from uh, her last, what, five kilos off, I think.
1: Five kilos, um, yep.
3: Really comes in nicely at the weights, I think. Um, and she is our second favourite in that Thorndon uh, mile market at $3.80 uh, to elicit on top at three sixty. I can tell you uh, the early money in that final field market. The chosen one correct, the chosen one, who is now $6.50. And there's a wee bit of cash too, funnily enough, for the Opie Boss and Jamie Richards combo, uh, pre-defer at $10. So yeah, the two best back early on, and I think the boys opened this market yesterday around lunchtime, uh, has been the chosen one. And pre defer.
1: That's Bucket Thompson, mate. Put all that money on pre defer. He owns it. He, I don't know if you remember him. Poorly played league player from Taranaki, come up here and played in Auckland. He's one of the owners of pre defer. He'd love that ten dollars. <laughs>
3: wow, well, there's a few people that have followed him as, as well. So it's, <laughs> it's not just, it's not just him. If it, if, it, if he has had a bet on pre defer, and I'm I'm sure he probably has. Uh, also the Wellington Cup market. Now, of course, sad news um, from up your way. Uh, Kempe. Um but if you did back Wysocki, uh a single bet in the futures market, um, yesterday you would have got a bonus bet back in your account through our future-proof promotion. So That's awesome. Um, uh, a- as you would have, if you'd backed any other runner in that uh, Wellington Cup futures market, who hasn't made the final field. So uh, there'll be a few bonus bets out there in in account. So if you did have a futures bet on the Wellington Cup and your runner hasn't made the final field, there'll be a bonus bet in your account uh, right now. So just check just to make sure that it's there.
0: This Wellington Cup field's a minefield to me. Um, I'm sure someone much smarter has an idea who's going to win, but at the current stage, (laughs) I wouldn't have a clue. I noticed that... um, Kevin Dummy Myers runner has come in a tick. That would be Mondarani carrying fifty six from tens to nines. Oh, look, I think Lincoln King's proven enough, but doesn't really win a whole lot. I just don't really know. Starry Beal widest straw, but at least he gets Naber on. Yeah, it's an interesting market, and and then the the Thaundon Mile, mate. I mean, I would. It's probably a conversation for Stephen Hunt and. Big Bad Dad Taylor, um, how they framed this up. I mean, it's complicated because you've got, you got Concert Hall and Tualissa, who are just two genuine Group 1 stars, coming back. And they're probably, this isn't their grand final. It definitely isn't. And they're probably not going to be right, you know, ridden to absolutely win at all costs. And then you've got Coventina Bay, who's been set for it. And then you've got the chosen one who's at 55 kgs, but's run fourth and fifth in Melbourne Cups and fresh up over a mile second at Moonee Valley. You know?
3: If, yes, exactly. Uh, how, if, how do you line them up?
0: How do you line them up? And No one's going to be shocked if Pre Defer wins because it's been performing in Group 1s for so long. you got Mai Tai down the back of the book, which always takes cash and ran huge in the Ritual mile. Marley Stone's got four and a half or three and a half more kgs in it. It's a it's a ripper. This is a this is a great race. I'm very excited, and you know it was a point of time where it wasn't looking like it was going to be this deep. So it's going to be a great day on Saturday, Paulie. What do we got today? We got Hastings. Anything for us?
3: We we have got Hastings, but I, I thought I'd mention that we've got a bonus back blitz this Saturday, um, and it's it's on the uh, races one, two, three, and four from four meetings this Saturday. Obviously, Trentham, and one of those first four races at Trentham, I, I think uh, Sharrick's got a, a live chance, uh, almost did the business on day one. Was it was it Tabatak? Um, so if you want to back Tabatac again, uh, that will be a bonus back race this Saturday. So the first four races at Trentham this Saturday, uh, first four races at Rickerton Park, at the Valley, and at Rose Hill. So 16 races altogether will be bonus back races this Saturday. Um, and it'll give you an opportunity, if not to uh, collect a few winnings, then to stack up the account with a few bonus bets to get, uh, to have a go on later on in the meeting.
0: Yeah, it's a lovely little field there as well. And um, Tavitak from Barrier 3. Bradman's an idiot from Barrier 6. Rudin's told us that. He's a funny old horse. And there's some nice ones, but they've drawn out. So great stuff, Paul. Awesome. We'll catch up tomorrow.
1: Cheers, boys. See you, Paulie.
0: tab.co.nz, always gamble responsibly, R18. Let's head to the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. On the other side, we're talking rugby league, and we'll get through a couple of these texts. Give us a call, Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. 150 mm-hmm. SNZ, what are we, 8? 33, 27 minutes away from 9 this morning as we amble towards the end of January. To- Robbie Patterson after 7 o'clock. You just heard us speaking with Paul Mawadi from the TAB. If you want to know what we're talking about and why Coventina Bay we're having a bit of a push for her, go over and listen to our interview with Robbie Patterson. Ah Pat, gee, he was good crack. So I think he is from Southland all seriousness, but he's moved up to Taranaki, made it his home and as seen he seen the light. Lo- seeing the light, loves the coastline, Taranaki hardcore. Hey Tommy Pyatt, Neko Portius' longtime coach, said he got involved with the kid when he was six in the family. His brother M- a lot. Miguel. Good man. And um what didn't didn't shy away from the fact that the Olympics is their that's their destination. That's that's what they want. That's what they get funding from. That's what keeps them afloat. That's what they. That's the big dance. So that's not far away in Beijing. Uh, Michael Venus was here. He let rip it. Nick Kyrgios. We've been asking about it all morning. Double eight, double three. James has come through. I think that boy Nick needs a swift boot up the backside the way he acts up. James, you're we singing from Michael Venus's song sheet and mine. I thought the way that he carried on the Kia Arena the other night, it was it wasn't disgraceful, but it was just unnecessary and I think a lot of what Nick Kyrgios does is unnecessary, and it just started winning me over as well. The question is, did Michael Venus need to tee off the way he did when he did? That's what I want to know from you on double eight, double three. and we talked a lot of tennis with our guy Michael out of the UK just before, so there's plenty going on, Kempe. Um How are you travelling, mate? Last Thursday here for a while, before Bazna's here, back. Well, that's
1: up to Ruben. He can get me back in next week if he wants.
0: All <laughs> right, there you go. My door is always open, says Kimpy. Mate, you're, um. this is, you used to be starting, what are we? End of January. When do you start thinking about the NRL season?
1: <laughs> as soon as it ends. <laughs> I don't think about cricket, put it that way. So, you know, cricket season comes about, but I'd go straight to, you know, all the stories about rugby league and, and start to analyse what, who signed who and where, where the movements are and the, and the competitions, and and who the Smokies are, and start talking to people. You know the Joey Johns, the Maddie Johns, and in and around um, the Joey the Rat, all those people. <laughs> the good the the good analysts about where they think they, the well, game's the, going next year. Well, there's the Mole, yeah, w- and well, then there's see, the Australia Rat. <laughs> ha- Australia have the Mole, but no one knows we got the Rat.
0: <laughs> is, is your nickname? Jo- is your name? Are jo- you named after Joey Johns, Andrew Johns?
2: No, no, I think I was named after Joey Montana, actually. Oh. Yeah, my dad's a big Montana fan. That's Truly, why That's no, why I'm no, a 49ers fan, yeah. My dad was obsessed with the 49ers, yeah. Joey Montana, yeah. That's that,
1: quite that, cool, that actually, actually. does make yeah. sense now. That's the one of the cooler Joe things Montana.
0: that's ever heard. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Does he watch Yellowstone? Uh, he doesn't, no. He should. Okay. <laughs> All right. Why? <laughs> Don't worry Joe It's 23 minutes away from 9 Joey, sorry uh, Okay, all things rugby league One last question Question for Paul Race 8 Oh, Paul's gone, sorry Race A to Trentham on Saturday. Why are there no win place options? Why would that be? That's from Craig. Craig, uh, the markets are open for the features. You'll get the markets for the rest of the races. I would just keep refreshing around midday today, and hopefully they put them up. So races 10, 8, 5, 4, 3, and 1. They don't have markets yet, just because they have to do all the form, and it takes a, a little bit longer, and they prioritise the feature races on the card. But you will get your market, and you'll be able to have a bet on Eddie Wood, number 10, which Robbie Patterson tipped us, By the end of the day today, we're talking rugby league after the Smokies, Joey Johns's, your Sean Johnsons, your Tony Kemp's. Everything rugby league. 22 minutes away from nine. Give us a call or flick us a text. Kempi's going in on league after this. We've got a bit of breaking news before we talk rugby league with Tony Kemp here. uh, A bit of breaking news around the New Zealand cricket revised home schedule. So Omicron has obviously derailed the Black Caps next couple of weeks. We know that. They were meant to be in Australia. No chance they're going there. Uh, Australia is coming here for T20s. I don't know if we know exactly when... That will be. I think it's subject to MIQ availability. But here's the key details. Essentially, what New Zealand cricket are doing is they are, and uh, Kempi will have thoughts on this because he suggested this for the NRL, they are taking the risk of their games and then their financial uh, benefits, obviously having home matches of cricket. um, They're going to take the risk out by keeping them in the same places per series. So, Unfortunately, if you're a Wellingtonian, you're not going to get a game of test... You're not going to get a test match because the Black Caps versus South Africa, both test matches are now to be played at Hagley Oval and Christchurch. And I know that will upset Wellingtonians, but look, personally, I think that Hagley Oval... If it's not the home of cricket now, I mean it's the best cricket ground we've got. And that's just my opinion. I don't think this is a loss. I think this is going to be seam-friendly conditions. I'm sure Smithy will have um he'll have thoughts about this up after nine o'clock, but I don't think this is a bad thing for the black caps at all. And if it means that the competition can go ahead, or the sorry, the series can stay on track. That's awesome. Right. So both test matches against South Africa to be played at Hagley Oval. The White Ferns versus India, one T twenty and five ODIs. All matches are to be played at John Davies Oval in Queenstown. Gee, that's going to be horrible for the ladies. Having to be in Queenstown for an extended period of time—I mean, that's awesome. And I think India will love that. I mean, that's a, a great way to promote our country, really. Black Cats versus Australia—the three 2020 internationals. When that happens, all of the games will be played at McLean Park in Napier. Napier and, and Hawke's Bay cricket fans have been rewarded um, of recent times, and it, and it stays on. It, that's uh, that's quite interesting. so we don't know when that will be. And then the Black Cats versus the Netherlands, one T20 and three ODIs. The first two matches will be played at the Bay Oval. The last two matches, we played at Seddon Park in Hamilton. So, again, the same sort of area. So, what New Zealand cricket are doing, just to confirm, they are making sure that they are streamlining the international schedules for both the Black Caps and the White Ferns to mitigate the risk of an Omicron breakout compromising the fixtures they need these games. The schedule has been thrown into disarray. I think this is smart. Black Caps versus South Africa for the headline this is this is what I would suggest is the headline both of those test matches which be played at Hagley Overland in Christchurch that's the latest going on there and Kimpy you said that the NRL if they had to do this to keep the competition alive they got they got to do it
1: oh 100% I I think they you know cricket Again, cricket leading the way. You know, if you if you look at Christchurch, they go to Clearwater Golf Club to stay. They've got houses there right on top of a golf course. It's but it's a lockdown facility. Um, beautiful facility down there. I'm g i guarantee you guarantee one of the cricket cricket teams are looking at that and staying in there if they're playing two test series down there. So I, from the from the NRL's perspective, it's such a big loss if they lose so many players and they've got to shut the shut the competition down. So a bit of forward thinking like cricket's done and say, right, we we're gonna create these environments where 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 families can stay in resort style houses in a in a facility and they're safe. They they go in, they go out. And and it's what cricket's doing, they're not
0: putting all of the games in one place. They're just done I'm making sure that they're not travelling around too much. It just makes sense, you know. Think about what you're doing in your life. If you're going on a holiday soon, you don't want to contract COVID. You're probably just travelling less. It just makes sense. Anyway, that's the latest with New Zealand cricket. Smithy will have more after nine. Here's some text for Kimpy once again. Kimpy, anywhere on the Māori All Stars team? I keep checking the NRL website. Still no team list.
1: No, no, no team list yet, but we're only a couple of, couple of weeks out. The 12th of February is that game. Um, as, as you know, the votes go in for players to play in that game. The Māori team with Dave Kidwell and Stacey Jones will pick their, their team, pull in, you know, Caelan Ponga and have a pretty decent team. I think there's three games that have been played. There's a winner piece and a draw since the concept started back in 2008. Um, so, yeah, just keep, a, keep an eye on the, on the website. That'll, that'll ramp up next week. The All-Stars game will ramp up next week.
0: Here's one of our origins. Kempi, are there any countries outside the big three, Aussie, England, and New Zealand, developing good players that the Warriors could tap into, i.e., hookers? Well, it's interesting that, Scotty, you say they're the big three.
1: Well, he's right. He's, he, he's right. <laughs> historically, the big three England, Australia, New Zealand. But New, New Zealand historically had been Pacific. Mm. The South Pacific, but Australian have taken that mantle now and become South Pacific because state of origin. I've had this argument so many times. Now should be origin and region. You know what I mean? So you know the state of origin. You know you've got Samoans, Tongans, Māori, all playing in the state of origin um, that were brought up in Queensland, New South Wales. Um, there are there's two parts to that question. The second part to that question is. Um, there are enough players. There's enough players playing down here in super super rugby, schools rugby, and the through the Pacific and Fiji. Which is, if you look through both the English and professional competitions, which is England and Australia, the heavy influence of Pacifica is through those competitions. So the question around a hooker, um, what you got to do is be really smart about that. So take take Robson for instance at Sydney City. He's gone and got Connor Watson from Newcastle, who played middle. You know what I mean? So he's a middle forward. He ended up, he started fullback, brought him into the middle and got him to just be a workhorse for 80 minutes up there in Newcastle. And Robson's gone, I've run out of a hooker. I'm taking him, who can play 80 minutes in the middle, and I'm going to convert him into a hooker. And he'll start at nine for Sydney City this year. So, yes, there are um, development opportunities around that hooker position. Uh, for the, what there is, and everyone knows us who knows rugby league, that there isn't enough good halfbacks and hookers. Um, running around in all comps throughout Australia and, and New Zealand. Where? Why? Why? Well, there's very few development um, organisations who are developing good hookers. You know, unfortunately for New Zealand, we've got kids that play hooker that, in competitions that aren't being developed. The Warriors, have, you know, they had six decent hookers on their books, of junior hookers. I think five of them are gone overseas to other NRL clubs might have the numbers a little bit askew there but it's something like five or six decent young hookers they've kept um, one hooker that they're going to bring through but you know hooker's such a specialist position you know if you have a look at what Bellamy does there he thinks it's that special that he had Smith, the two Smiths and Brandon so he had the Australian and the New Zealand hooker and then he's got the, the young bloke that, Grant. Had, that he had to send to West Tigers he's, he's gone on developing the next best hooker to come through that's what, we, that's what the Warriors need to do. And I really, you know, take my hat off to bleary last week when we spoke about that hooking position, you know, to come out and say, yeah, the 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 problem position in the Warriors this year is in that number nine jersey. Yeah, well, you used to make,
0: make the point it's specialists. I just, I guess Scotty's question is, you know, where are they coming from? It's a good question there, Scotty. Uh, can be just quickly, if there was, and I've asked you for a smoky. But if there was an already established NRL star this year, so let's say star, it doesn't have to be like a, a, a star, 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 but somebody that has done it that can elevate themselves to running in the race for a Delhi M this year.
1: Well, well, the, the Delhi M historically has gone to the glory positions, you know, seven, nine, one. You know, I think it's this, it's still going to those positions. You know, you got Tedesco, you you got Trebovich, the the you know Daly M this year is I I did think he's the best player that this competition has seen for a very very long time Um, and there's three of them I was about to say, you're not talking about Jake, are you? No, I'm not talking about Jake. Or oh, the, the 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 scary thing about it, their younger the, brother called Ben. He's faster, is just and, as good. Yeah. He'll, be, he'll be playing first grade this year, you know. So, and Tom Dravojevic, when he plays, no one can tackle him. You know, like he's he's taking the piss when he's out there on the football field and by by country mile. If he can stay fit, he takes the the daily M. A Smokey, as far as a player of the future, I think this kid's got Sonny Bull written all over him. Is um, young Suwali that's playing for Sydney City, the kid that came through Australian Rugby tried to sign him and ended up signing for South Sydney with Wayne Bennett and then jumped, jumped ship and went to Sydney City. Um, yeah, he's got a bit of a freak about him, doesn't he? Well, 105 he? kilos, 18 years old, can play back row centre, will probably start on the wing um, and work his way back into those centres with Joseph Manu. Uh, I think that's where he'll end up. So not not Joey the Rat, Joseph Money. Um <laughs> I think I think that's the kid the year that everyone's got their eyes on. Love it, Kempi. Uh Awesome, awesome. We'll continue to
0: talk rugby league with Tony Kemp on uh, SCNZ. Don't worry about that. Quickly, a text here. Hey lads, loving the chat this morning. Could you please tell me which race the chosen one is in and any other horses that you guys are looking at? Well, Cam in Invercargill, Good part of the world, good stock. Uh, race seven at Trentham, you'll find the chosen one. And today, race four at Hastings, I think titled Can Win. And just on Michael Venus, one last one here. Was hoping that he would speak up. Absolute knob, that's right. That's exactly what I sent the drive show last week. Venus has been around long enough to be able to tee off at an opposition's poor behaviour. We'll talk about Nick Kyrgios and Tanasi Kokanakis with Smithy Mitch McLenigan wanted to know, are they wounders? Smithy will tell us up after this.